here. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, my right-hand man, Lou. Lou, it's that time of year, partner. We enter into the free agency period, the period that we we love so, so very much. Feels like Christmas Eve for the next few weeks heading into the, the football season. Tonight, we're actually going to begin by covering teams in the NFC and AFC South. But before we jump into festivities, because there is a lot to cover this evening, we are joined by a very special guest, our friend, your friend, Coach Dwayne, who is the host of the Sports School podcast. We know him and you know him as a diehard Atlanta sports fan, but he is certainly knowledgeable on all sports. I mean, we were literally just talking MLS uh, before we kicked off the, the show this evening. Uh, Dwayne, just so glad to have you join us. Really appreciate you carving out some time for us tonight, man. Oh, man, I I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, we were talking MLS, and Lou looked like he was about to go to sleep. Yeah, so yeah. We had to, we had to stop. <laughs> Lou's not much of a soccer fan. That's fine. You and I can – we can rap about that on another show entirely. I grew up playing soccer. Um, you're, let's just call it European football or football as the rest of the world knows it outside right. of our, our own country. Uh, but I'll digress. Hold on. Uh, to my defense, I never really had a soccer-type body. So uh, that's why I, I was never really into soccer. I never played it growing up. So I don't know why. I just was a little slower than other people, uh, you know, when I was younger. Can't tell why. Dwayne, you hear that sarcasm coming out Absolutely, as he was yeah. mentioning I, I prior to the conversation? Yeah. All right. So – I'm going to steal Dwayne's line, and I'm going to say since Dwayne's joining us tonight, class is in session, folks. We're going to start with some some free agency here. But before we begin, let's highlight the rules of engagement for this. So we will begin with the NFC South, and then we will migrate to the AFC South. For each team, we will highlight, obviously, the team, their cap space as of right now. We will identify positions of need um, for free agency, I think it goes without saying some of them will be addressed in the draft, but we'll talk about what can or cannot be addressed in, in free agency. We'll discuss teams, important free agents that are notable, some potential cap casualties for each of this team, each of these teams, and eventually discuss some target free agents for each of them. Right. And, and we'll try to, you know, speed through some of these teams, right. A handful of priority free agents, a handful of, of targeted free agents, um, et cetera. Wes, so I just want to let you know, I'm going to need about an hour and a half on the Houston Texans. Just give yeah, me heads up. I'm sure. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> actually, it's funny because talking about the the AFC South, Lou, you're going to be covering the the Jags and the Texans. And I went back and listened to our show last year in free agency, and I covered the Jags and Texans. So we are a complete uh, opposite flip um, in the AFC South this go around. I think covering, covering the Jags could be fun. That's what I thought. That was my first pick. So, that was his first pick. So yes, exactly. So we went. We basically did like a little draft, and uh, that was the Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars were my first pick because I'm like, oh, they're up and coming. Lot, you know. Well, we'll talk about. It. Yep. Okay. So without further delay, let's go ahead and kick this off, Dwayne. We didn't think it'd be fair to throw you right to the wolves. So just so you can get a little bit comfortable before you spearhead with uh, the Atlanta Falcons, I'll I'll kick us off this evening. I'm going to start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, 2.3 million in cap space as of this moment. We'll talk about this more in detail, but I think that number is going to drastically change um, with Tom Brady's retirement and how they move that money, the recent retirement of Ali Marpet and how they move that money. So you're talking about $20 million and $12.7 million that count against the cap 
right now, which is reflected in that 2.3 million. Um, certainly there's no details out on, on Brady and how they adjust. Um, Mar- with Marpet, they have two paths to either free up 5 million or potentially 10 million, depending upon how they, they shift and move. But other either way, there's going to be um, some immediate ramifications related to that. Looking at this team, top needs, never thought I'd say this, quarterback, I think they need to address the interior offensive line, the defensive line, the running back position, and wide receiver as well. What is that kind of – what's the summary there? That all of a sudden a team that was com- won a Super Bowl, was competing for another Super Bowl, all of a sudden has a ton of needs in this division. And I don't think those were the expectations going into the offseason. So they have 30 total free agents right now. I'm going to spell this out for you as simple as I can. This team is in trouble. They're actually on the verge of losing the highest 2021 percentage of snaps potentially amongst all teams in free agency. I don't actually even think they have a single running back on the roster right now. That is no worth it. Oh yeah, so they have Vaughn. So they have uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn. All right, but what I'll talk about here in a minute is some of these priority free agents. Um, I think of the names that I'm about to rattle off on these top free agents. They're gonna do everything they can to bring these names back, right, as to the best of their ability, plus or minus one or two. And a lot of these names actually represent the most sexy names by position in the free agency class this year. So who am I talking about? I'm talking about prior free agent number one, wide receiver, Chris Godwin. Edge rusher, Jason Pierre-Paul. Running back, Leonard Fournette. Playoff Lenny. Center, Ryan Jensen. Arguably the best center. Arguably the best center in football. Cornerback, Carlton Davis. Defense alignment, Indomitian Sue. Tight end. Rob Gronkowski, running back, Ronald Jones Jr., tight end, O.J. Howard. A um, lot of lot of names on, on both sides of the ball. Realistically, I think Gronk is gone, right? Like he's – I definitely do not think he he's somebody that they are prioritizing, but that is a, a big name. If Brady was still here, they'd prioritize it. New quarterback, not prioritizing it. But a lot of those names, I think they're going to be really eager to – to bring back and do their best to kind of rinse and repeat and find a way to shore up um, the quarterback position. It's crazy. I, Tampa Bay is like in the total opposite of where they were last year when they brought back literally everyone. Everybody. They literally yeah. brought back the exact same roster the that they had to, to repeat yeah. Super Bowls. But we all know, and we've been watching this game long enough, that know that – that's not typically a winning formula, right? Like sometimes you have to change things up, but on paper, I mean, they certainly look like the the ball of the uh, ball of the bell, or excuse me, the bell of the ball going into how many, the how, how many pinos did you have there tonight, Weston? <laughs> three and a half. <laughs> three and three fourths. I'm still working through that half. Um I just talked about how they'll be able to free up some money between those um, two retirements. That'll put them in a, in a little bit of shape. Um, I think they're going to have to actually work to restructure a number of contracts as well. Um, when I think of like cap casualties, there's literally only one from a pure contractual standpoint to me that makes sense and has a significant impact on this. And it's tight end Cameron Brait. It's a 5.3 million savings pre June one, 6.8. 
post June one. So if they designate him a post June one, you got 6.8 million in savings. Um, he actually makes my list for the second year in a row. I list him as a potential cap casualty last year, the way that his, um, the way that his um, contract is structured. Lou, I know you're about to say something. So go ahead. Yeah. So real quick, um, OJ Howard's a free agent. Gronk is retired yep. or, you know, how can they get, I don't understand how they can get rid of Bray. I think that would be, that, that would be cutting their nose despite their face type of like, you know, uh, standpoint there. Yeah. So obviously a logical argument, right. But I would, I would ask you this. Does Cameron Brait jump off the page at you as a top flight tight end in the NFL? No, no he does not. No, he does not. So if you leverage this, does that give you an opportunity to bring back maybe OJ Howard as part of that money savings and say, here's a more athletic, more capable production might not necessarily match his draft position and, um, and things of that nature, but certainly an opportunity to bring in, bring back a tight end that you can now guarantee more targets that has much more upside than Cameron Brait. So that's why I'm, I don't, honestly don't think that there's really anybody that's a record, but recognizable name that is truly a cap casualty for this team. I think their focal point is going to be the Brady restructure with his retirement, the Ali Marpet restructure because of his retirement. And then they need to start looking internally at people like Mike Evans, who counts again as the mm -hmm. highest cap number at $20 million this year. Um, Shaq Barrett is another name, plus I, whatever he is, 16, 17, $18 million against the cap this year. Donovan Smith. These are three guys that they have locked up for the long term that they can easily convert half of their money to, to bonus it, right? To, to sign on bonuses, restructure contracts, extend them out for an additional year, do whatever. And you're talking about freeing up $15, 20000000 million that all of a sudden makes you a player to go re-sign your priority free agents or go be somewhat aggressive in free agency. Yeah, they're going to yeah. have to do they're going to have to do a lot because I'll tell you right now, you you just had a boatload of names. I get Jason Pierre-Paul, he's been pretty, you know, he played pretty well for them for the, over the last couple of years, but they did uh draft Joe uh Tyron uh, who we liked coming out of the University yep. of Washington. Uh, so I think that's – and he played decently in, like, spot uh, – you know, he flashed last year. So I think uh, – so that, like, that makes Jason Pierre-Paul expendable. But you got you mentioned a lot of names off that list, and you're right. Um, they're going to have to make a lot of moves just to either get some of those players back or get some more uh, cost-efficient free agents. Yep. So another name to even think of there is still even – Alex Kappa on that offensive line, right? So this is a team that had a lot of success running the ball, a lot of success keeping Tom Brady upright, and now the offensive line is going to look a little bit different. So let me quickly jump into some, some free agent kind of wish list here, if you will. So here's my biggest conundrum. I, I literally I – know I know we joked about it before we kicked things off this evening, but I really, really can't see a scenario where a coach like Bruce Arians – uh, who did not sign on for a rebuild of a team at this point in his in his career, marches into this season with Blaine Gabbert as his starting quarterback. I just I can't I just can't fathom that. I can't imagine that. So you think so it's Kyle Trask? It's Kyle Trask, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, oh my God, I just don't think either way. Arian signed up for this, right? So that puts priority number one the the quarterback position right um i they don't have the collateral necessary to move the mountain of securing 
a Russell Wilson, a Deshaun Watson, an Aaron Rodgers. They don't. But dude, they're going to kick the tires and they're going to make the phone calls and they're going to fit and they're going to at least inquire what the asking price is, knowing that they're a desirable destination for all those three who might want to go to a place to win, right? Like all of a sudden having a quarterback like that in place, all of a sudden it makes re-signing Chris Godwin a little bit easier, re-signing some other people a little bit easier, right? Like it, it, it those things matter in the NFL, but you, they, they are in the QB market, no matter how you spell, how you slice it. Like, and it might be Marcus Mariota. It might be Mitchell Trubisky. Um, all of them are, are more, have more plus side to them than Blaine Gabbert or Kyle Trask at this point in, in his career. But you just can't sell me that Bruce Arians is going to rebuild this team, right? If this is now a rebuild, like I honestly think that he just hangs it up himself at the end of the year. Like he's, that's not what he's here for. Like they they need to be competitive and they need to go shore up the most important position in all of sports, the quarterback position problem is they don't have the ability to do it but they're going to kick the tires uh on all of those big names that are out there and they're going to try to figure something out um because they have to they have no choice we talked about tight ends right so we talked about grunt gone howard potentially gone maybe cameron braid as a cap casualty all three walk they're gonna have to be aggressive in the tight end um, position because if it is Blaine Gabbert, if it is Mitchell Trubisky, if it is Marcus Mariota, what what is the tight what is a quarterback's favorite safety safety net? It's a capable tight end. And if they free up the if they free up the money that they might be, especially at a loss with Antonio Brown gone, obviously never coming back. Let's say they can't bring Chris Godwin back. They got to bring back in a hybrid tight end type receiver type. And I think Mike Kosicki fits the bill for them as well. Um, someone that stands out uh, just from a pure athleticism mismatch um, perspective. I, I just think that's somebody that if all these other things don't work out, that's a position that I would see them be rather um, aggressive at. So that's a name that I, I like for, for Tampa to, to target, at least at that position. And I think he fits what Bruce Arians wants to do on offense. Um, that's just kind of my, my two cents. The, so ask, yeah, go me, ahead, Dwayne. Let me ask you a question. So the the name that is intriguing to mm-hmm. talk about when you talk about Tampa Bay and looking at quarterbacks is the Saints quarterback, Jameis Winston. Is is Jameis reunited and it feels so good? You know what? It's it's fair. Um, it's a fair question. I personally think New Orleans is going to do everything they can to to retain him because we'll talk about them in just a moment as well. But do we like their options? Uh, don't give me that Taysom Hill is a starting quarterback in the NFL because he is absolutely positively not. Um, and Jameis didn't look all that bad in that offense last year. Um, he didn't. See, uh, Jameis Winston has what Arians covets in a, in a quarterback. And, you know, we make light of the situation, you know, having Winston reunite with Tampa, Buc- Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Winston has a has a has an arm. He, he can yep. throw the deep ball. Yeah. That's something you just don't know who's it going to be to. Is it going to be to Mike Evans or is it going to be, you know, to, you know, AJ Terrell? AJ Terrell. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> just don't know, you just don't know who's it going to be to. Uh, that being said, all the other, I don't know if Mariota really fits that scheme. I don't think uh, Trubisky fits that yeah. scheme. I don't think Gasecki even fits that scheme. You were talking about, yeah, I mean, you would love to have a player of his nature, but 
Arians is about that power run game, play action, deep shot, almost like your North, North Turner type of you know offense right there. I think you'd be looking more for like a Dalton Schultz or a guy who can run block on the tight end, more of an inline guy, your classic tight end to help support the running game and also being that uh, uh, over the middle type of guy. But uh, they're in a lot of trouble though because they have a lot of yeah. lot of moving parts here. They're in a ton of trouble. This team is going to look drastically different than it has the last two years. So we talked about. Um, I'm going to skip around a little bit and kind of dive into wide receiver as an area of need, right? We talked about, I think it's very likely that Godwin's gone and they can't bring him back for what he's going to command on the market. Antonio Brown, we know for a fact, is gone and not coming back. So that leaves. Well, Antonio Brown was gone in East Rutherford. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's still in East Rutherford, (laughs) walked down the Jersey Turnpike somewhere with his shirt off. Uh, So that leaves Mike Evans, right? Um, this offense for the last few years has had some big names and household names at wide receiver. So I would expect to, for them to be active players in, in this market as well. Names that stick out to me based on what you just described, Arian's offense, push the ball down the field. I think Mike Williams is an attractive name um, for what the, the Buccaneers want to do. Imagine pairing him opposite of, of Mike Evans, just two big bodies that, that I mean, Mike, Evans doesn't go down the field as well as he used to. He's, um, But Mike Williams certainly capable. I think Michael Gallup is an interesting name and is a big playmaker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and won't cost the same as some of these other wide receivers. The other two outsiders, I look at Christian, Chirk and, uh, Christian Kirk and DJ Shark. Um, big play guys, right? Down the field guys, explosive players. Um, not the sexiest of names, but could be an opportunity to shore up that position opposite Mike Evans and not have it cost you 16, 17, $18 million um, a year. So that's the wide receivers. The final two for me, uh, interior defensive line and offensive line. So if Sue is brought back, uh, there's a couple names that I think would be attractive to pair up against uh, with uh, Vita Via. It's Vita Via. It's, like the names like Akemix, another name that most people don't talk about, and I'm going to butcher this tremendously from the New York Jets. Fuldrunso Fatukasi is another name that I like and, and has. So, Dwayne, this is you're going to laugh, dude, but like my favorite player in the NFL is your linebacker, Foyside, that I just like can't pronounce his. I, I love this Foyasai. man. Foyside, yeah, but like. Lou, Lou will tell you that I try to squeeze him into like every single show as my defensive player of the week when we're going throughout. And every week I get his name more and more wrong. Yeah, this show is sponsored by him, by the way, apparently. Yeah, dude, I've <laughs> desperately gone out of my way to see if he has like a Twitter handle. And he doesn't. He just has he like a fan that runs it because I'm like, yeah. dude, you got to get on my show. I promise you nobody talks about you more than I do. Um, but he doesn't. But I think there's some names out there like a DJ Jones. Like if think about what Sue brings to the team, right? Sue, Sue is stout against the run, but he creates pressure. You know, uh, Fadukasi, um, Hicks, DJ Jones. These are all guys who are stout against the run, but are really good at creating pressure up the middle. And I think they'd be great paired um, with Vea, uh, Via as well. And then the offensive line, they're in a lot of trouble, dude. If Jensen walks, Capo walks. Ali Marpet just retired. Wow, that's 60% um, of their offensive line. Offensive line, gone. That's the entire interior of your offensive yeah, line that is gone. Yeah, so all I got is Donovan Smith and uh, Worfs. That's, 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 yeah. I mean, listen, two tremendous players. But 
you have no interior of your for a team that, like you said, Lou, wants to run the football. Um, that's an issue. So I, I would expect them to scratch the surface on names like Lakin Tomlinson, Connor Williams, even Ben Jones out of Tennessee, the center uh, out of Tennessee. Although I think, and I'll talk about it, how Tennessee is going to prioritize um, bringing him back for what they want to do. But these are the types of names that they're looking at. But here's the biggest issue. Even with all those players walking, they still have to get super creative to free up the money to even be aggressive to replace those. And I just don't think it happens this year. Like what I just spelled out is a wish list. And that wish, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans, is not going to come true this year. This is going to be a really tough season in Tampa. I don't know how else to to spell it. This is not, with what I just spelled out and what's reality, this is not a playoff team anymore. Yeah, no, uh, that's yeah, that we're, we were talking about with Dwayne. Are you know, no longer the Tampa Bay Buccaneers probably the favorite in the NFC South? We were just joking that hey, Atlanta might be the, the favorite in the South, you know, right, Dwayne? Like a division that's that's notorious for you know, the, the team that finishes last place always finishes first place, you know, the following year and stuff like that. This could be one of, you could see another cycle of that. Uh, you know, starting this year between with, with all the changes of the guard in the, you know, the MC South. Yeah. No, I – Tampa Bay has a lot to read. I mean, they – for lack of a better term, they sold their soul to win a Super Bowl. And, and they won it. So they can ride it for it. 10 years. I'm jealous. You know, yeah, it worked. They, they won it. It worked. And, you know, now there's the – well, let's pick up the pieces from what's left now and move forward and – yeah, guys, uh, let me ask you a question. You think this was the shortest Super Bowl window of all time? Two years? Like, think about that. Like, no, I think the I think this year, I think the Rams window was like this year or it. Like, if they well, this year, the Rams went to the Super Bowl. The Rams went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, though. So, yeah, yeah but with a completely different team. Yes, yeah, <laughs> an entirely different roster for sure. Um, all right, so I think this is a good segue, Coach Dwayne. Class is in session, my yes. friend. It is your turn. Let's go ahead and pivot to the Dirty South and those Atlanta oh, Falcons. Man. So Atlanta is in – well, up, up until the last couple of days, I, I was going to say Cap Hill. It's more like Cap Purgatory now. Um, <laughs> they were at negative $7.3 million. Fontenot made some moves over the last couple of days. Um with cutting Fowler and, and restructuring some some minor contracts. Atlanta's currently around $10 million in cap space currently. Um, uh, as far as their top needs go, you're going to notice a, a theme here. Um, they need defensive line. They need linebackers. They need defensive backs. Um, if, if, a, if a person plays defense, Atlanta needs them. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you just named three, the the three levels yeah. of defense. <laughs> So that's where we're at in Atlanta. Um, we, we just need defense um, as well as potentially may need wide receivers. Um, the O-line's very, very young. Depending on which Falcons fans you talk to, they'll say the O-line's a need, but I think it's just a very young offensive line. Um, to fix some of that cap space, a- Atlanta can extend Grady Jarrett, which I-, I think is ultimately going to happen. That frees up $12 million in cap space. Um they could trade Calvin Ridley, which um, I don't necessarily want to happen. Um, but if he doesn't want to be there and you can get 
a first round pick for Calvin Ridley. I think you have to do that. Um, Is there, since you're talking about it, let me ask you a question. Like, and obviously you follow the ATL media probably a little bit closer than we do, but is there like any indication that he wants to come back and play football? Like how that like mid season disappearance kind of took place. So he has been Calvin Ridley himself has just been very to himself about, you know, he came out and he said, look, I'm, I have some mental health stuff going on and, and all power to him because it takes a lot to to own that. So I give him credit for that. And and I've never been one that was like, oh, my God, I can't believe Calvin Ridley's not playing football. And the, hey, if you need to, to get right, then, then get right. Um, but other than his, like, initial statement, he really has not said anything. Um, no. I never saw anything where it said Calvin Ridley wants to leave. That seems to be more of like beat writers in Atlanta with unnamed sources. So no, to answer your question, I, I have no idea if he wants to play football or if he just wants to leave Atlanta. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I know that by trading Calvin Ridley, Atlanta is could possibly free up $11 million in cap space. Yeah. Um, and get draft capital, what you guys and get really draft need. capital because I think there's several teams that would give a first round pick for Calvin Ridley. Hundred percent. See, I think I, you guys, I would rather have multiple picks than a first round pick, like a second and a fourth types, almost like what you did. Is that what you got for Julio? Is that true? Is that something like yes, that. Yes. So I would like to try got an extra like, second this year. Yeah. So I would, I would, I, I would position that, especially if you are trading to like a team like let's say New England Patriots who are picking towards the back end of the second round. So that's really almost like a third round pick. So I would, if I was you guys, I would, that's what I, I would basically focus on getting multiple draft capital. Cause you guys do have a lot of needs. Cause you're still making that transition uh, from a four, three defense to the three, four Dean P's if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So I feel like you guys need to really reinvent that defense right there. And you got to do it through the draft, which is a great year this way, by the way, uh, this draft with uh, all the defensive linemen and edge rushers, this year um, draft, but we're not talking about draft. Uh, Weston said we're not. So if we were to talk about the draft, if we were to talk, that's what I would say though. (laughs) I was specifically told not to talk about the draft. Yes. Yes. I will. I'll bring up the text messages and put it on Twitter because that's guys' way of doing things. What kind of douchebag does that? Come on. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no. So trading Ridley, so extending like for, Helping with cap space, like I was saying, extending Grady Jarrett, which I think is going to happen, trading Calvin Ridley, uh, which I think could happen, and then extending Jake Matthews, the the really young, or not really young, but the young-ish left tackle for Atlanta. That frees up $9 million. Uh, There's always the extending Matt Ryan, but I don't think Fontenot wants to redo what New Orleans did with Drew Brees, so I think Matt Ryan's just going to play out these last two years of his contract. I don't think anybody's trading for that contract. I feel like that's the question that I'm about to be asked looking at Weston's face. Is, does anybody want to trade for Matt Ryan? No. Nobody no. wants to trade for Matt Ryan at $48 million. I just can't. How do you roll? Like, it is such an 800-pound gorilla to address. Like, it, it like, hamstrings your cat. I mean – I've multiple times on this show, Dwayne, and I've talked about how there's never been a team that has ever won the Super Bowl when their quarterback accounts for more than 15% of the salary cap. And I'm not saying that as an Atlanta Falcons fan, you're coming in saying that, hey, we have a shot to win the Super Bowl in 2022. Um, I know you're not saying that at all, but it's just like, 
<laughs> but $48 million cap number is a balloon. It's the biggest cap hit in NFL history, isn't it? I think that's what I, I read it's the other It's 23% of the salary cap. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it, at the time, Atlanta had to give him that deal. It, at, at the time that he was given that contract, they kind of had to. And yeah. now it's you're in that situation where you can do what New Orleans did with Drew Brees, and you can just keep pushing it out and pushing it out, pushing it out. Or you can bite the bullet for two years, and which is what I think they're going to do. Again, I was told not to talk about the draft, but I don't think <laughs> there's a quarterback worth taking an eight no. uh, in this year's draft. So I think you you play it out. And yeah. if, I, if you guys want me back to talk about Falcons draft when y'all do the draft, <laughs> you'll, be do back. That. you'll be back. You'll be back. Don't worry. You'll be back. Um, but yes, yeah, so some priority free agents for Atlanta, uh, and I kind of put them in the the order that I think they need to be prioritized. Uh, Cordero Patterson, I think, has to come back. And he has said on numerous occasions he wants to come back. Um, I think what he did for the offense, just playing a uh, – I think he wants to be Debo Samuel when he grows up, just playing in the, <laughs> in the backfield and then playing as a wide receiver and, and just being able to be a, a check-down option. Uh, Isaiah Oliver, a defensive back who – a lot of guys before last year were thinking maybe Isaiah Oliver doesn't come back. He, before he got hurt, was playing probably the best he has played in a Falcons uniform, playing that nickel corner spot for Dean Pease where he was blitzing, he was dropping in the zone, he was manned up sometimes. He was just, you never knew what Isaiah Oliver was going to do. Um, and then he tears his ACL. Um, it's actually a nasty play if you go look it up it's disgusting to watch um, i love i love i will look that up i love looking at that stuff he like jumps up in the air and it's just when he comes down it, it's just yeah um i put foyasade aluakin uh third <laughs> as uh at, as he should be it. number one by the way he's number at, one in my heart he's number he's one, number in, one in your heart yeah <laughs> i'm sure like um when I listen to you guys do uh, NFC West, like he'll for some reason be a, like a, a 49ers target. Like they have to go out and get this guy, like <laughs> give him the bag. Like, Dude, he's a tackle machine. And he played 98% of snaps last year and for this team. he played all over the place. He yeah. Him all over the place. Um, out of Yale. Yeah. He came from Yale. So you know, uh, he then, under, he, you know he know he can adapt to any playbook. Yeah, he probably already knows it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I sent it and to him. Then, Don't worry, he's right on board. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then I have Russell Gage um, as a priority free agent, just because outside of Frank Darby, who was Atlanta's seventh round pick last year, they don't have a wide. Uh, if you don't count Calvin Ridley, they don't have a wide receiver on their roster right now. Outside of Frank Darby, who played two snaps last year, <laughs> so um, it, it's not good. Maybe they're gonna run the wishbone. As a Georgia Tech fan, I would love it. <laughs> um, I run triple option with my school that I'm the offensive coordinator for, but I run—I don't run wishbone. I run it out of shotgun. But, okay. Um, cap casualties. Uh, Mike Davis has to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Just absolutely has to go. He he destroyed Atlanta when he played for the uh, for the Panthers, and then he had destroyed Atlanta when he played for Atlanta. So. Um, <laughs> That frees up $2.5 million even after cap penalties. Uh, Tyler Davison, who they cut last year and then re-signed, 
needs to be cut again. He didn't do anything this year. He was inactive for several games. Uh, that could free up $3.7 million. Um, and then a guy that I like but that I think could be a cap casualty is Kendall Sheffield, a, a defensive back um, who was drafted by Dimitrov and Dan Quinn when Dan Quinn was like, I just want fast guys. Like, draft all the fast guys. Um, he couldn't stay healthy this year. Now, it would be interesting to see what he could do with his speed with Dean Pease playing maybe the other slot side uh, outside of Isaiah Oliver, if they move Isaiah Oliver outside or, or whatever. But that's $2.5 million and it's a regime that didn't, didn't bring him in. No. And he was a potential cap casualty last year. So I think his inability to stay healthy kind of makes that problematic. So, so let's say they – they, those are Mike Davis, Sheffield, um, and and the other I, I forget what name you threw out there. Um, let's say they, yeah, all right, right. They, yep. Um, they're cap casualties. Let's say they're able to restructure Grady and Matthews, right? I mean, you could potentially be looking at that point. I mean, twenty to twenty-five more in cap space on top of what you said was like ten right now. Yeah. So, were they? Where are they spending that in free agency? So I have, I, I was, when I put together my target free agents, I was real. I tried to be semi-realistic like, and objective. Um, so for, I just, I didn't even put edge rushers. I just put defensive line, considering that there were players in the NFL that had more sacks than the Falcons um, altogether. Um <laughs> I put Solomon Thomas from Vegas, not because of his sack numbers, but because he can literally play anywhere on that defensive line. He can play defensive tackle. He can play defensive end. Um, If you want to move Grady Jarrett inside against certain teams, if you want to play Grady Jarrett outside in that 3-4 scheme, um, which I think is where he's actually probably best at, if you're going to run a 3-4, he can fill all of those roles. And I think he only had three and a half sacks this year. I think he had like 20 tackles. I think he can be had at a relatively inexpensive, like one year prove it deal mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and then I put Hassan Reddick um, because I think that's twofold. I mean, Reddick had 11 sacks last year, and the year before that, he had 13 and a half. And not only could you fill a position of need, which is someone that can rush the passer, um, you take that away from Carolina, which I think is a, a, big deal um, in that I-85 rivalry. At least the Panthers consider it one. Um, At safety, I have Marcus Williams, um, a young safety who, again, again, it's twofold. You can take him from New Orleans. He only had two interceptions, but he had 74 tackles. And I think his size, his combination of size and speed, allow him to move all around in what Dean Pease's offense, which is like, we're going to blitz, but from where? Um, and I think he can do that. Um, I also had Justin Burris, um, and guys that listen to my show or know me, we went, me and Justin went to high school together. Um, so not only would I just like for him to play for Atlanta, but, um, he's six foot two ten, and he's a safety. He's 28 years old. He played corner at NC state. Um, I think he could be a perfect kind of nickel safety if they wanted to play big nickel, a guy that can come in and he's not, he's great against the run. He was great against the run for Carolina, great against the run for Cleveland. Um, 
So I think in a big nickel situation where teams aren't running, but they're doing it out of pass sets, a guy like Justin Burris with that size um, could fill that role. Um, at corner, I said, again, another guy on just like a prove it deal, like Patrick Peterson, um, older guy who can, can fill multiple roles. Again, he can play corner and he can mentor AJ Terrell, who uh, I think gets slept on um, in the NFL. Um, highest PPF grade, no, was a few percentage or decimal points away from Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was playing with Aaron Donald. Um, AJ Terrell didn't have that guy. And just uh, to clarify, Donald's like the sixth or seventh best defensive player in the league. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification, Do- Lou. Donald- Donald- it's documented now. <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting involved in your debate. Nope. This shit's gonna be all over Twitter tomorrow, bro. It came right from <laughs> your gonna, mouth, homie. It's gonna clip just it's gonna clip out of context. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Like he finally agreed with me. Doesn't matter. You're like, damn, uh, well, I didn't have him that low. <laughs> yeah. Um linebackers, I had um former Falcon uh Devondre Campbell who mm. went to Green Bay and uh, out. showed out. Out, um, 146 combined tackles, two sacks, two interceptions, but just just balled out um, for the Green Bay Packers. Again, he's fast. Uh, when he played for Atlanta, he was strictly a edge rusher, like he was coming off the edge. And in Atlanta, he was able to create um, quarterback pressures. He didn't get a lot of sacks, but he did create pressure on the quarterback from his linebacker position. Um, and then I had Leighton Vanderesh. Uh, because I just don't know if Dallas wants him to come back or not. Um, and I think Van Der Esch could, and this is assuming Alua King comes back, I think Van Der Esch is a good sub-linebacker, uh, considering his problems with health, uh, being able to rotate in and out, which, again, allows you to move Alua King, um or even Deion Jones uh, around in your defense. Uh, and then wide receivers, I had A.J. Green, just because he's a Georgia guy. Um, and again, Atlanta, uh, it's a cheap kind of prove it deal again, similar to the one he got with Arizona. Um, does he want to come home? Um, but he had 800 yards last year. Um, yeah. but it was very pass happy offense. Um, and then the guy that I would like is one that you mentioned for Tampa Bay. I would love to get Mike Williams. I would absolutely love to get Mike Williams. Um, I think I I was on Twitter with Lou talking about if the NFL did sign in trades like the NBA does, like some sort of Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams trade would make sense. Yeah, yeah, Lou sold. Lou came back. Lou came back on Twitter and was like, um, "No, the Chargers don't make moves like that. <laughs> they don't. They don't. They don't. Make they don't. Smart moves. Uh, but all can inside, um, <clears throat> my." When you drop Mike's, Mike Williams' name in Chargers Twitter, it's probably one of the most bipolar conversations. People either want him back or people's like, you can't spend that much money on this type of player. That's so, the, that's the Matt, so he's the Matt Ryan of Chargers Twitter? That was, I mean, that's how Falcons fans are about Matt yeah. Ryan. Like, they forget that that guy like, took him to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, like, MVP they of the relevant. league. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. They weren't relevant. Like, Joey Harrington was the quarterback before him. Like, yeah. I guess Byron started some games for Atlanta. <laughs> I, I, th- I think let's call this what this is, Dwayne, right? Like, is as we try to be realistic too. Um, yeah. I said it before, right? Nobody's coming in as an Atlanta fan or should not be like, hey, this is a team that 
is seriously competing for Super Bowl 57. Like, not happening. But I do think with a new regime and new scheme, like, a lot of their offseason is the draft is going to be the focal point, right? To find three to four quality starters, most likely on the defensive side of the ball that you can introduce right into the equation. I'm sure a litany of undrafted wide receivers and let them go out and prove themselves. That's kind of what the offseason feels like. But I do think there's an opportunity here if you make those moves um, in terms of just freeing up more cap room to maybe find one to two young pieces that this regime believe would b- believe in for the future, right? Like, yeah. I don't think it proves – I don't think it does Atlanta any good to go sign – these 35-year-old veteran, like, you know what I mean? Like, let's yeah. find some young talent that you can get on the field and just get them reps and let them well, play and let them prove it in the league. It's, it feels like that type of year for And Atlanta. that's why the, the older guy, like the A.J. Greens and the Patrick Petersons are – well, A.J. Green, it, it's because just he went to the University of Georgia. Of course. Patrick, Patrick Peterson is more of a, like – Mentor Terrell. Like, that's his biggest value. And work with Terrell. Yeah. And, that's... and I think that could be great thing. I'm going to throw one more name at you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and it's it's going to sound crazy, but the guy just absolutely impressed me um, this year. I would love if Tyler Huntley was Atlanta's backup quarterback. Um, like, yeah. in his – like, in the situation he was in, in Baltimore, to come in and put – I mean, he threw for 1,000 yards this year, I believe. I'd be shocked if Baltimore let him go, though. Is it- so, I, I mean, they would be – but if they do, I think they would be crazy to let him go with Lamar Jackson's – I mean, just the way Lamar Jackson plays. His, and his, his contract his, issues. Get hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I would love if, if Atlanta could find a way to go get Tyler Huntley um, as a backup quarterback because Matt Ryan's the only quarterback on the roster right now. Um, somebody's got to be his backup, and I would rather it not be Josh Rosen. Um, yes. So that <laughs> – and I know Atlanta fans want Cam Newton, and I just don't. I no. just don't want – no. No, don't Carolina – don't worry about it. Carolina will take care of that for you and do something just absolutely ridiculous and, and re-sign Cam. But I think I agree with Lou. Great. Listen, I, I think Huntley can ball, right? Like, I, I think he deserves serious absolutely. consideration to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. But here's why he won't be. You just mentioned, like, Lamar's playing style. And the best part about Huntley – is if Lamar gets hurt and goes down, the one thing that you saw, and we've talked about this, is you don't have to change the offense. Not even a little no, bit. He can run Lamar. Not even a little bit. He can yeah, do he can all – he does all the same things, just not equally as well, but well. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah. you – and that's a huge – He's diet Lamar. Huge advantage. Yeah, but that's – yeah, but that's a huge advantage, right? Like, you talk about, like, Matt Ryan and Josh Rosen. Like – on paper, they feel like they have the same skill set, right? Like yeah. makeup of individual. But the reality is, is like Matt Ryan goes out, Josh Rosen comes in, you just, just throw your offense out the window, right? Like now it's just like, hey, the, the first two pages of your playbook, right? Like you're not even getting in any depth. Right. Where like Huntley is just like, dude, I mean, look at Baltimore's offense. Just go out and ball, baby. Just go out and ball. Just like ball. just go make plays. And Huntley can <laughs> ball. Like Huntley can, right. but he's at his best when shit hits the fan. Same with Lamar, right? Like just scrambling around in that backfield. Although he surprisingly gets sacked way more than I thought he would. But nonetheless, that's why Huntley yeah. will be a Baltimore Raven probably for as long as Lamar Jackson is in Baltimore. As long as Lamar Jackson's there, yeah. yeah. No, that's why I said it, I don't think it's 
I, I agree with Lou. I don't think Baltimore lets him go. But, you know, if for Falcons fans that listen to your show who are like, no, they need a quarterback, uh, Matt Ryan's not going anywhere. Doesn't make sense to cut him. It, it, nobody's trading for that contract. But if you really just want a quarterback in free agency, like Tyler Huntley would be the one that I would want to go out and get. That seems like a if he's a free agent, you could realistically afford it. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not gonna cost you an arm and a leg to, right. to get it, right? And th- now yeah. you don't, you, and you're not gonna have, you have already have 48 million locked up in the quarterback position. You're not gonna be at 58. You're not gonna right. be at, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. A couple million more uh, is what it is at that point, but uh, a surefire backup. So, yeah. all right, you, you're all good with the ATL. You got, you got out yeah, what you I needed talk, to. I could talk the Atlanta Falcons until it's time. I know. To <laughs> I know. Um, there will be a time and place for that, my friend. I promise. <laughs> and it'll be, we're going to be very selective around draft time, and we definitely want you to come back uh, around that time. But I said it before we kicked off. Dwayne, stick around. Hang out. This is your division. You know these teams better than, than Lou and I do, so we, we value your opinion here. Um, but, Lou, I'll kick it over to you, my friend. Who that? The New got- Orleans Saints. Go yeah, ahead, so brother. We go from uh, Atlanta all the way over to New Orleans. They're one of the biggest rivalries, I would say, out there. Uh, and New Orleans finds themselves in the same exact spot they were last year, dead last in cap space as their negative $42 million. And that's after the restructuring of some, some deals. Um, looking at this roster, some of the top needs, I'm going to say it, quarterback. I'm sorry. Uh, Taysom Hill, AKA the white slash is not it. He ain't that guy. He ain't that man. Uh, they need a wide receiver that can stretch the field some rotational interior defensive linemen and they need some linebacker help too, because they're very thin in the second level of that defense. Some priority free agents Teron Armstead. Uh, he's 30 years old, left tackle. I just don't understand, or I just can't see or picture how they can let someone of his magnitude that plays such a premier position walk in free agency. Uh, I know you got the injury concerns with Teron uh, Armstead. I get it. But last year, he still graded out 75.9 uh, PFF grade. Uh, he's still really, really good, probably a top 10 uh, uh, left tackle in the league. So I find it hard for them to walk away from Teron Armstead. Uh, Dwayne mentioned this guy's name before, Marcus Williams, 25-year-old, 25-year-old free safety. Uh, I loved him last year. We were talking about him last year, and I said it last year. I'm going to say it again. He's perhaps, I think, one of the most underrated players in the NFL. He's had 15 interceptions in the last five years, and he covers so much ground as a safety. I've been really impressive uh, like with his ability to create big plays and what have you. All that being said, because where the Saints are from a cap standpoint and the position he plays, I don't find them being able to uh, re-sign Mark, uh, Marcus Williams. So I do think he – he leaves in free agency and they might even be happy with that for the fact that then they get some com- compensatory picks for him. <clears throat> and last but not least, I have Quan Alexander 20. I didn't know Quan Alexander is still only 27 years old. I feel like he's been in the league for like 15 years. Uh, he's a 27 year old linebacker. Maybe they resign him because he'll be a cheap alternate from a player. I'm going to mention later as a cap casualty. He did have 50 tackles last year, three and a half sacks. And he's familiar with that defensive scheme. Uh, so and he might come cheap too. So Quan Alexander is a possible another uh, priority free agent that they could resign on the cheap. Can, can I jump in here? Uh, as, yes, go ahead. As somebody who got to witness Quan Alexander play 
sometimes some players it's not just about like the they're on the field play it's like literally what they do for inspiration motivation and in that locker room and i'm telling you no matter what team quan alexander is on his teammates love him he is pure fire he is pure go when you talk about people with just like high motors and play high octane like i'm telling you this is the guy like i was I understand why the 49ers let parted ways again, some injury concerns. He had a bad peck injury and things of that nature. But I was like devastated over that loss because I just knew the team rallied around him. Like he's just, and he's also very, very involved with fans, like on social media and things like that. He will let you jab at him. He'll jab back, like love everything about him. I think they need to prioritize him, but that's just my opinion on Quan. Yeah, well, can you put a price tag on that? Because if you if, it, if the price tag is a couple million dollars, then he's probably walking in free agency because they can't afford him. They can't afford him. Exactly. Yeah. But I think I think they'll get him on the cheap. Uh, I think he's he's a million dollar a year player right now. Like yeah. that. So I I think that's doable depending on what else they do. You know. And we always talk about like hometown discounts and what have you. You have to understand these are people, right? They don't yep. want to up. This is his second year, you know, in New Orleans, second year in the scheme. They don't. Change change is scary. People don't want to change for the most part. And you think he was going to want to uproot like himself, his family, to, to go up to another place for playing for pennies too, as opposed to just staying in New Orleans and taking that hometown discount. So yeah, when we're talking about like uh, possible free agents and you know re-sign with teams, you have to take that the human aspect I think into the you know into this offseason period uh, because I think it's real. Uh, players do not. Here they are, you know, if they're in the one system their whole life, they don't want to leave. They don't want – this is where they, you know, they set up shop, they set up their homes and stuff like that. So that has to – you have to take that into consideration. All right, so people that oh. will be moving on yeah, from New Orleans, good uh, good segue there, some possible cap casualties. Uh, New Orleans loves their Ohio State cornerbacks, and you got Lattimore, and then now you got Bradley Roby there. Uh, I think they trade from last year. He's, a tw- he's still only 29 years old. He's a decent corner, but his play doesn't justify his cap it. Uh, if they cut him, he'll uh, they'll save $9.4 million with only a dead money hit of $677,000. That's a no-brainer. Speaking of no-brainers, I'm sorry. Uh, I love Mark Ingram, but uh, from a age standpoint, from a running back, he died two years ago. He's 32 years old. He has no dead money, cap savings, $2.3 million. And this one might be a little uh, controversial. Cameron Jordan, uh, a post-June first cut. Now, we're talking about possibility versus probability. Is it possible? Is it probable that they're going to cut him? No. Is it possible? Maybe because where they are, and they're a team in flux. So it's going to be hard because he's still a productive edge rusher. He had 12 and a half sacks last year. But if they do cut him after June 1st, uh, they can save $15 million with a dead money hit of $8 million. So – but you can spread it over probably like two years, I would think, that with the dead money. <clears throat> Dude, I'm real quick, man. I, I'm looking at their contracts right now, and I want to know what in God's name this general manager is doing. They restructured. Go, this is this is renegotiating these contracts. This is like, bro, I mean, Lattimore. A, like, if you try to they move him or do anything, him. it's a $40 million hit. Well, they just resigned him last year. That's yeah. why. All right. So. Ramchek's a thirty-seven million dollar hit. Well, they Michael just, they Thomas just is thirty-eight million dollars. Like I'm just yeah. looking at some of these contracts, and I'm like, how is this like? A f- no wonder you're 
you're forty million dollars in the hole. I think last year at this time they were like seventy million dollars in the hole. Yeah, that's because like, the cap went. And down I know it's year. fake, but it's also like, how is this good business? And how does this general manager have a job? Well, because uh, uh, the arm of Drew Brees, pretty much, and, and the brain of Sean Payton, and none of them are going to be here this year, so it should be interesting. Well, that's what – so, you know, I was thinking Sean Payton's not going to be there this year. So I, while you were talking, I looked up Taysom Hill's contract. The dead cap hit to get rid of Taysom Hill is $19 million. I never understood that. Um, I, 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 that's something I'll just never wrap my brain around. I don't understand the infatuation. Was it arrogance from Sean Payton? Like, hey, I can make this guy play – I can make this play succeed in, player succeed in my offense. I just never understood it. Uh, to be oh, honest I didn't get it either. Yeah. So we went from Cameron Jordan's 32 years old. Like I said, not really. Is it possible? Yeah, probable. No. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, a 34-year-old safety, post-June first cut, dead money, $3.9 million, cap savings, $7.75 million. Look for him to uh, uh, look for the Saints uh, uh, to part ways with him. Another controversial player. This is what happens when you're $42 million in the hole. Demario Davis, uh, thir- he's 33 years old, post-June first cut. He's getting up there in age. I know he's a fixture in the middle of that Saints defense. I love Demario. Last year, even at 33, he had 105 tackles, three sacks. Um, but he can't save them $7.5 million in cap space uh, while only incurring a $3.5 million dead money hit. And I think uh, the last guy I have, uh, is David Onyemata, 29-year-old edge rush, ed rusher, uh, post-June first cut. He's a good, solid rotational defensive lineman. Uh, but that being said, his age and his contribution, they can save $8.5 million if they cut him and incur a $4.6 million uh, dead money hit. So these are some of the tough decisions they're going to have to make yeah. when it comes to their roster because they are so so deep in the hole. Uh, so – so let me ask you this: Since you're playing the role of Saints GM, if they do, oh, so- I quit. By the way, I just quit. <laughs> oh, you just quit? Okay. Yeah, me, uh, me, and Sean Payton. We, we, yeah, we are a package deal. Package deal, got it. Yeah, uh, I want to hire Dennis Allen. Yeah. Um, no. Nah, so I, again, as a Falcons fan, I tend to be biased. But looking at it unbiasedly, if the Saints, because you had Teron Armstead as the number one like guy they need to resign, like, did you list mm-hmm. them off in in order? No, um, no, I just was saying that. Yeah, he's definitely off the premier uh, positions, edge rusher, offensive tackle. He's still 30 years old. He's probably still right. got three to five years left in him. But Andres Pete, their left guard, played tackle in college. He's a first-round pick. It took him 13th overall. Mm-hmm. I think – I mean, I, I, I think if Teron Armstead does end up leaving, Andres Pete could – it's not like he couldn't just move over to left tackle. He's, he played left tackle at Stanford. So you know he had to block uh, in that pro-style offense. Um, I mean, he's 6'7", 315 pounds. Like, he's a man-child. But um, see, I follow he's on- better than Armstead, but I think that that could be the Saints' plan is, it, okay, we can't afford we're, – we're $42 million in the negative. We can let Armstead walk. We can move Pete over to left tackle and, and go get a left guard which tends to be a least expensive a less expensive contract in free agency than trying to get a tackle yeah no uh that is definitely a great point i brought up 
Uh, that being said, I don't know if Pete. I know he. I I followed Pete uh, when he was coming out of college because as a Chargers fan, you always follow offensive linemen because they never have any. So, uh, hey, I, I, well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> this is the first time in a long time. <laughs> so, uh, all that being said, I wonder if the injuries and the mileage put up on Pete, if he can make that transition back out to left tackle. Uh, I feel like he was a little uh, uh, slow. Uh, coming out of college for uh, I think he would get eat up by edge rushers if you want my honest opinion that's why they kind of kicked him inside uh they ex- tried that experiment too if I'm not mistaken and and then they moved him inside so he can kind of cover less space so I mean I guess you could do that I just don't know how effective it would be um but yeah I mean it's always it's, I mean they're they're gonna have to get creative just like right. just like that to to be honest with you so yeah I mean yeah. Taysom Taysom Hill can play left tackle for what you're paying them, I mean, then might as well. <laughs> so, uh, getting some uh, some of their target free agents, their main goal is they're going to need to be finding like value contributors and improve their debt. So, at the quarterback position, uh, like I said, Taysom Hill, aka White Slash, is not it. A couple of names, Mitchell Trubisky is crazy because it's it, he's um, he's been a real popular name and. Everyone at the combine right now is talking about him over these rookie, uh, these uh, you know rookie prospects coming out. That's how bad this quarterback class is. But I think Marcus Mariota would be really good for the Saints. And let me tell you why. He is athletic enough, almost like Taysom Hill, but he can still throw the ball. And I think if you pair him up with Alvin Kamara in the backfield, you can do a lot of intricate, crazy stuff with those two in the backfield because of uh, Mariota's ability. Um, escapability and his uh, uh, athleticism too. Um, wide receiver position. They need a wide receiver that can stretch the field and catch. They have a bunch of these fast receivers, but they can't catch. So some guys I'm, I'm looking at, if I'm New Orleans, Christian Kirk, like you stated before, that's a popular name, but you're going to have to maybe go to these tier two players, Will Fuller, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Russell Gage, these are all players that won't break the bank, but still can provide you some much-needed production opposite of Michael Thomas. Now, linebacker, if they walk away from Demario Davis and Quan Alexander, they're going to need someone patrolling the middle of the defense. And once again, we're going to be mess, uh, uh, mentioning uh, Weston's boy and Dwayne's boy, Foyasad Aluquan. Uh, I think he'd be a really good fit there. He would the not Bro, I'm buying his jersey. Wherever he lands, I'm buying this man's jersey. I don't so I don't care. mean to do that to you, Dwayne. I know New Orleans is like one of your bigger rivals, uh, but I just think that could be a good a good place for him to end up. And tier defensive line, they need to improve the depth, like I said there. Two ways you can do it, depending on what they cover more. If they're looking for more of like a penetrating uh, pass rusher, Maurice Hurst, or if they're looking for a run stuffer, Derek Nadi. Both are would provide solid rotation in the middle of that defense. And if they're going to look into replace Marcus Williams, Anthony Harris would be a nice uh, get for them. He won't break the bank. Uh, he had a subpar year last year, but he's just like two years removed from being playing really well with the Minnesota Vikings. So that would be a, a good uh, way to replace Marcus Williams there. So that's me as a Saints GM, man. 
Yeah. How do how do you how do you say how do you spell fucked without saying it? And it's look at the New Orleans Saints roster right now. <laughs> um, it, it, dude, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna echo a lot of this sentiment because I'm gonna carry I'm gonna cover the Carolina Panthers and I'm actually gonna do it pretty quickly because I don't want to spend a lot of time here because their problems are just way beyond this roster and cap and everything. It's crazy. Else. When you look at the NFC, like which team in the NFC South is not in flux and not in transition? I would think maybe the Panthers because of the young defense they have. I just don't – if they get a quarterback, the Panthers, somehow they were really hot on Watson's trail last year, right? Now that the Dolphins have respectfully bowed out of the Watson, you know, uh, acquiring Watson, if they somehow just throw all the chips in to get Watson, now the Panthers are the favor there. So it would be interesting because who, who – Who's going to win that South? Yeah, but the Dolphins didn't bow out. They're just trying to clear some smoke here because, again, I will continue to tell you that Tua Tagovailoa is not the answer to anybody's quarterback needs. I've been saying this. Lou has had to hear this time and time and time He's again. And it's it. yeah, and it's one of the things where I am, I'm just so confident I'm right. Um, but they're so they're going to be in play. They're just trying to. They're trying to fog the mirror a little bit, but let's let's talk about the Carolina Panthers. And and I'll say this: I feel like the NFC South for the next two three years is going to feel a lot like the NFC East did for a little while, right? We're like the Man. winner, the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the winner gets the winner gets a home playoff game, right? And it's there for anybody's taking, like anybody's taking. And do you know where I give the nod? I give the nod to the team that's got the the best player at the the most important position in the NFL, and it's the quarterback. And they have Matt Ryan. Like, I, Dwayne, I agree with you. People quickly forget what this man is capable of and what Absolutely. this man has done. What makes him unattractive is he carries a $48 million cap hit and you can't do anything else around your roster. But we've been we've all been watching the NFL for a long 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 time and a really really good quarterback can mask a lot of other problems right if you Absolutely. just find up a, a piece or, or two and and they have the closest thing to an actual solution at that position or stability at that position in this division right now so let me get into the the Carolina Panthers 12.3 million in cap space which actually puts them in the top half of the league they're 14th overall which is like a scary notion when you only hear 12. Point million in cap space needs linebacker running back and i know everybody's like oh they got christian mccaffrey well homeboys played 10 games in two years so no they don't have christian mccaffrey and it's a real problem when he's not there safety quarterback offensive line they have 26 free agents of their own i honestly don't know what's going on in carolina like we've all heard about the discord behind the scenes what was going to happen to matt rule like was he going to make it through the season blah 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 he's made it through the season let me make a guarantee to you right right now he won't be there at the end of this season. Like that's what that's what's happening in Carolina, and the writing's already on the wall. So it's really tough to walk into it. It's like the Chicago Bear syndrome. We all knew Nagy was gone at the end of the season, and like you're you're faking it for an entire season. That's really just hard to build morale, um, and it's and it's hard to bring in free agents to impact your team when they don't know if the person who wants to bring them in is even going to be there the following year and be there to compete. This thing, would, these things all happen, like would all that, would, are taken into account. Would that make Ben McAdoo the interim head coach? Oh my God. And it's How great would that be? Oh How amazing would that be? Oh my God. McAdoodle. The only uh, thing better than that would be if it was Jim Tom Sula. Hey, <laughs> hey, we will not tolerate Jim Tom Sula. You could slander Chip Kelly all you want. We will not tolerate Jim Tom Sula slander on this podcast. 
period. <laughs> Jim Tom, Jimmy Tom Sula is my boy. He was, he had no business being a head coach in the NFL whatsoever, but he's one of the best damn defensive line coaches you will ever meet in your entire life. Uh, that being said, we already know what we know about Carolina. Like QB plays suspect. It's been suspect, whether it's Bridgewater, whether it's PJ Walker, whether it's Sam Darnold. Um, it, it, it's an issue nonetheless. Big contract players didn't play at, pan out. Robbie Robbie Anderson is, is a, a prime example. They paid him top dollar wide receiver money um, for minimal production at best. Like I've said with every team so far, is their problems are not going to be solved this offseason. Like they're, they're, it's nothing is going to make them uber competitive overnight. I already joked how they're going to do something stupid like bring Cam Newton back and, and hope that like that works out. Um, I expect I said I expect coaching changes and shakeups after the season. Priority free agents. We, we talked about this individual, and you mentioned him, Dwayne, about uh, somebody that you would love the Falcons to target is Hassan Reddick. This man is slept on constantly. 11 sacks this year, 13 and a half the year before. He's still only 27 years old, and he's going to command pretty good money uh, on the open market this year. But to me, he's worth every penny. Anybody who gets after the quarterback, I personally think he probably fits better in that 3-4 alignment than, than he might in, in what Carolina's running out there. So, um, you know, Dean Pease might – be able to sell them on that like yeah. oh boy you yeah. had 11 come get 15 here you know what yeah. i mean and we'll pay you some bonus money but nonetheless um he's a priority for this defense um and a big name i don't think it's a real priority for them but a big name is stefan gilmore former defensive player of the year etc i'm not sure what's left for him here injuries but they did make a play and a push to, to, to bring him in and it felt like they were trying to accord, uh, acquire cornerbacks uh left and right but he's still a big name, and big names require attention in, in the free agent market. Maybe a little under-the-radar guy is tight end Ian Thomas. 25 years old. He's not going to cost them a, t- a ton of money. But the, the issue is they just never found a way to get him involved. I will attribute this to lackluster quarterback play. I always talk about quarterbacks. Biggest safety blanket is a tight end. Oh, you're talking about Ian Thomas, right? Yeah, Ian, Ian Thomas, Ian, yes. Ian, Tom, Ian Thomas got a... They re, they him. They did charge. resign him, and then yeah. he got then, charged with five misdemeanors. Yeah, and then he got charged with five misdemeanor <laughs> misdemeanor crimes. Rewind. Hey, they're <laughs> misdemeanors. Those are slaps on the wrist, bro. He's totally. Are you fine. moving him to a possible cap casualty now? Because no, I am not. This is the NFL, bro. This is the NFL. To escape police. That's all right. It's a it's on a, a, on a dirt bike. Could you imagine? Oh, I was that's a big ass man on a dirt bike <laughs> trying to get away. Dwayne, I was gonna say the problem with Ian Thomas is yeah, he doesn't have that breakaway speed to like uh you know get past defenders. <laughs> when did this literally happen? Like uh, two days two, ago. Two days ago. Oh, when did he get resigned? N- no, when did he get the misdemeanors? Two, two days, days ago? ago. Two days ago. This is why I don't do work. Three, like I, three, I no longer am doing work early in advance. Three days, three, three days after signing a seventeen, a three-year, seventeen million dollar yeah, deal, which is what makes sense, right? So hey, listen, prior to that, hey, they prioritized them just like I would have. He probably even, went and bought that dirt bike with that right then and there, exactly. <laughs> Straight cash, um, homie. I mean, they have Tommy Tremble, who they I know they love, but this, like this offense, I like yeah. him too. Yeah, I like Tommy Tremble. But this offense needs uh, a second tight end. So hopefully misdemeanor slap on the wrist. I mean, like, listen, Tyreek Hill beats his pregnant girlfriend, like, and still in the league, right? Like Antonio Brown attempted murders people, like, then pulls them out of their cars and beats them in their front door. Like, if you can play, you get another chance. That's just the way this league goes. I think Ian Thomas will – I think he'll – He'll survive this. 
I think he'll get over it. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fine. What what a, a two game suspension if it's first time. Um, the other one for me is cornerback uh, Dante Jackson. So they're getting real thin at quarterback. Gilmore's going to walk. That's going to happen. He's still only 27. He played nearly 70% of the snaps last year. If Gilmore goes and he goes, that literally leaves J.C. Horn, who's coming off of the season end injury last year, and A.J. Bouye. And I'm a big A.J. Bouye fan. C.J. Henderson. C.J. Oh, and C.J. Henderson as well um, that they, they signed. So, but they they need to bolster that defensive backfield, right? Like, so – this guy played 70% of your snaps last year. There's a reason why he played 70% of your snaps. JC Horn coming off again, a season ending injury. Like how long does that take to get into form? How long does that do that thing? So I think they need to prioritize that deep teams are going to be throwing the ball on them a lot. They need to prioritize it. Cap casualties, Ian Thomas. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Let's get into it. I just want to be very clear that this team needs way more than a couple cap casualties and restructures to free up the room to be competitive in the the NFC South. What people forget is like they Carolina Panthers could have a hundred million dollars in cap space right now. Who wants to go there? That that's like people take that into consideration. Like, yeah, Charlotte's a beautiful city, but like at the end of the day, like don't know if the coach is going to be there. Don't know how competitive we're going to be on offense. Your superstar face of your franchise can't stay healthy and stay on the field. The quarterback that you traded all these picks for, um, I don't believe in. Like they have other problems that they they need to to work through. Um, unpopular here, I think, in terms of the way the contracts line up. To me, the only one that fits a cap casualty from a contract standpoint is linebacker Shaq Thompson. Lou, you've mentioned this with uh, Cameron uh, Cameron Jordan. Probably, no. Possibly, maybe, right? Like if they're freeing up the money, I, I would argue that. I think Shaq Thompson is one of their best defensive players. But he's the only player – he's the only player that carries a contract with a sizable cap savings to make that type of move the way that they have their, their contracts um, positioned right now. So I'm saying they won't do this. They should not do this. But there is the potential to do that. And, and even maybe it's a cut and re-sign, different rate, something along those lines, and recognize the savings. But I think realistically, you're looking at restructures out the wazoo. Sam Darnold, that 18.8 million cap hit. You know, you, you got to get more from him per performance-wise. Restructure it. Shaq Tom, uh, Thompson could be somebody they look to restructure. He's got an $18 million cap hit. Robbie Anderson carrying a 16. I can't go into a season where a wide receiver like Robbie Anderson carries a $16.8 million cap hit. Can't do it. Christian McCaffrey, 14.3. You definitely got to restructure that. If homeboy can't even be on the field, you can't be making $14.3 million this year. Um, so they're gonna have the problem is you can't cut them because you lose way more um trade than you gain. You can trade them, but you're still a huge hit. No, so let's look at it right real quick. So if you trade him, try post June. So if you trade Christian McCaffrey, I mean that would be a nice dead money $26 million. Pre-June. Post-June, $13 million cap hit. You, you, could, save, you save you half a million dollars. You can't give up Christian McCaffrey to save a half a million dollars. You can if. You won't. If that's the Sean Watson trade. Yeah. And you know what? Hey, Houston Texans are your team. They would gladly take Christian McCaffrey just like they did uh, David Johnson. David and, Johnson. Yeah, and Flex give up Burkhead, just the best Mark receiver Ingram. in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here? All right. So top top target free agents for me. 
Um, I mentioned earlier offensive line as an area of need. So first thing I'm looking, I'm looking at tackle Joseph Nopum, who's 26 years old, coming out of LA. He's played swing tackle for them for a little while, and when he was called into action, did it pretty well, especially down the stretch when Andrew Whitworth was was missing time. I think this could be an affordable boost to their offensive line. And again, under that same vein where I was talking about with Dwayne with the Falcons, like finding somebody that's young that you can still get a couple years out of and make that investment and let them play and, and get recognizable playing time. So no boom would be one for me. The other one I'd be aggressive after is Ben Jones, the center coming out of Tennessee. Yeah, he's a little older, but this man has literally just gotten better as he's gotten older. Like he hasn't, he hasn't hit his back nine and he's 32 years old. In my opinion, actually from PFF grade perspective, his last three years of his career have been the best three years of his career. And it continues um, to go up and he comes from Tennessee. He plays that physical brand, you know, um, Carolina's going to have to run the ball, you know, whether it's with uh, Chuba Hubbard, Christian McCaffrey, whomever it is, that's kind of going to be the best. That's going to be the closest thing to a winning formula for him, for them. Some other players I'm targeting is maybe edge Charles Harris, 26 had a bounce back season in 2021, six and a half sacks. He's pretty much been a journeyman cheap addition here. That's young. Uh, that maybe you can get some upside from them. Another edge rusher I'm thinking about if I really wanted to be aggressive is uh, Emmanuel Agba, who's 28. Mm. He could be very interesting pairing next to Brian Burns uh, on opposite ends of, of that defensive line. But I think he's he's coming off a nine-sack season in Miami, so he's going to command decent money. When you get to these guys, eight, nine, 10, 11-plus sacks, they command money. Edge rushers command money. So you know he's going to be a little bit more expensive. Uh, again, back to the offensive line, maybe someone like, Connor Williams coming from a, a physical offensive line like you, you see in Dallas. And then I'll throw the I, I won't even mention this last one because of the Ian Thomas resigning and misdemeanors, because I, this is what I get for doing my work three days in advance versus two days in it or 24 hours in advance. But um, that that's where I'm prioritizing for them. I, I know I mentioned some other needs. Here's the reality. They need to get better at quarterback. They're not going to do it. I don't think they have a way to do it. I think they are riding this season with Sam Darnold. I, I don't I don't think there's any way around. And if it's not Sam Darnold, they're going to re-sign Cam Newton and bring him back, and it's going to be one of the two, and either one of them is not going to um, pan out. And But that's that's what is going to be under center for the Carolina Panthers this year. Yeah. Uh, and that spells disaster. Eric, well, it's not a draft episode. I was told not to talk about the draft. <laughs> <laughs> But so therefore, go ahead those, and throw it in there. They're, they're linked to some of those quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, and and Malik Willis, in particular, Malik, Malik Willis is the one they're linked. But it's Cam Newton's cousin, right? Uh, cousin, nephew, something like that. He's related to Cam somehow. So I know Malik Willis is linked to Carolina. Uh, also, are you, st- are you st- hold on? If you drafted any one of those, you're a GM for a minute. I don't care who it is. Pickett, Willis, and listen, Pickett grew up in Mon Lou's backyard, New Jersey native. I, I, I know followed him well, even through high school. And I think he will be a player in this league. Um, but are you starting any one of those year one? No. So it's, it's Cam Newton. And Sam Darnold. Yeah. Is there a quarterback that you are confidently putting under center? If he day was, one, if, if I know he's healthy, I think Matt Corral from Ole Miss could be that guy. Okay. But no, I'd say no. I say there's nobody that I'm drafting in the first 
I, there's no quarterback in the, in this draft that I'm drafting that is a surefire day one starter. Hence, therefore, you're starting Sam Darnold is what it really comes down to. Or Cam. Or Cam. Either way, that does it's a recipe for disaster. Uh, Jets are interested in reuniting with Robbie Anderson. Pulled it Good. up. If <laughs> I'm Carolina, see you, bro. Whatever that cap savings is. Got to go, although it's not going to be a lot. Robbie Anderson, post-June. It's like, I think it's like. Post-June is five. Pre-June is a $15 million cap hit and only a, a million dollar savings. Because you got to remember, even if you trade, like, you think, like, dude, even if you retire in the NFL, like, the team still, like, this is what baffles me, like, Ali Marpet, Tom Brady, like, these guys. Hang it up. Their choice, right? Like, nothing else forced them. It's not an injury. It's anything. They hang it up. But they're still due. And, and not even they're still due, because they might not get any of that, but it still counts against the cap in some capacity. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. All right. So this right. is where we transition. Yeah, so let's – let's. Dwayne, you sticking around with us? You hanging out? Uh yeah, I'm hanging out. I'm waiting for. I mean, I'm really invested in the Houston Texans talk. So. Uh, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought you were dead ass. Dwayne's like, if, I, if 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 I'm being honest with you, Dwayne's like, uh, I've been having trouble sleeping these last couple of nights. So, so I'm when just you guys, hang when out. You guys, I'm just gonna put my headphones on when you so, listen to you talk about the Texans and just what, get some good C's. What AFC South? AFC yep. South is what you you talking NFC South and AFC South, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The. Uh, I'm interested in, in pretty much most of the Houston's not one of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Jaguar, right. the Jaguars offseason, like I said, I think I don't know if I said it before or when we were recording, is one of the more fascinating potential off seasons um, to look at. Although it's it's Trent Baalke, so it, it will end up being terrible. I'll tell you all everything you need to know about Trent Baalke. Um, you did on my podcast. That's right. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yes. Shameless plug. <laughs> At Sports School Pod. You can follow him on Twitter. This, this yeah. is Coach Dwayne. All right, Lou, you start us off then. So, yeah, let's 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 leave the inferior uh, conference and transition to the better conference in the AFC, uh, and particularly the AFC South. We're uh, leading off with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jacksonville uh, finds itself sitting pretty second in the league in cap space of $56.8 million. Their top needs are wide receiver, tight end, left tackle, left guard, linebacker, and cornerback. Priority free agents. Looking at this roster, there wasn't too many glaring, uh, you know, that stood out to me. Could you say Cam Robinson? No, you can't. I was actually shocked last year how they tagged him. Uh, you know, he just, he's just a subpar player, unfortunately. And perhaps two things. First and foremost, does Walker Little make him expendable? Walker Little is an intriguing name, maybe more of a swing tackle, um, you know, be utilized that, that way. Uh, but they do, we're not talking about the draft, but if we were talking about the draft, what I would normally say, they had the first pick of this draft and there's two interesting options that they could, uh, take for the first pick of the draft to protect the blind side of, of uh, Trevor Lawrence, but we're not talking about that. So get that out of your head. No, but you could say that you could say like, Hey, listen, I, this is, this is going to be addressed in the draft. Right? Yeah. And yeah. That, that's obvious. Okay. 
Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, another priority free agent. Uh, I'm gonna say Andrew Norwell. He's solid. He's a durable guard, and he's he has range from a 65 to 70 pro football focus grade as both a run and pass blocker. So I think that's something you really should. You're not trying to take away from Trevor Lawrence. You're trying to add to Trevor Lawrence's ability to succeed in Jacksonville. Some possible cap casualties. <clears throat> You really don't have to cut anyone, right? Because you have $56.8 million. You're, you're, you're second in the league uh, with cap space. However, gun to my head, I'm saying goodbye to Miles Jack. Uh, he went all Sean Alexander on us. He did, he played well in his, in his for, for his rookie contract, signed a big contract after that, and has been MIA. And I'm not talking where the Heat play at either. Uh, his <laughs> He has a 37.7 pro football focus grade last year. Uh, cutting him would save you $8.3 million, but you would incur a $4.8 million hit. Uh, Brandon Linder is another uh, player you could possibly look to uh, trim the fat from. Uh, he's a decent center. He allowed two sacks last year, but he can save you $9.5 million if you're looking to upgrade the center position. I was going to say, you can go be aggressive with the money you have. And yeah, you get... could look at, if you're looking to upgrade the center position, uh, you can see you can uh, wave goodbye to Brandon Linder. Some target free agents, they have to go all in on the offensive side of the ball to make sure they get the best from Trevor Lawrence and they don't mess up this kid. I mean, they were handed the you know the the holy grail uh, of Trevor Lawrence. Everyone wanted you know Trevor Lawrence. The Jets messed up and did not tank properly, uh, and they were awarded this you know guy with his golden locks of hair, that big arm, mobility, and everything. And he looked awful last year because he was doing it by himself. So these are the these are the players that you all that you all know. These are your top tier players that uh, they should be looking at. Starts at the wide receiver position. I'm sorry, I liked Chenault, but he can't run a route. Uh, he looks lost. They don't know how to utilize him. So go out, get Devontae Adams if he's available. You know, it's Florida, so they have you know there's some income tax state uh, income tax. Uh, benefits when going to Florida, right? From the money standpoint, guess what? If the Chargers don't sign, resign Mike Williams, go get Mike Williams. If the, if the Cowboys can't sign Michael Gallup, go get Michael Gallup. Now, if you don't want to address, you know, the left tackle position uh, via the draft, go get yourself Teron Armstead or Orlando Brown Jr. Although uh, the Chiefs did say they're probably going to tag him. But if, he, if they don't somehow, go get one of those premier left tackles to make sure that Lawrence is held upright. Once again, I'm going all in on offensive line. Brandon Sheriff, Lakin Tomlinson, shoring up that middle of the offensive line. Uh, they have the money to do all this. When was the last time, by the way, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars had a decent tight end? Was it Kyle Brady? Mercedes Lewis? I, I guess, the, yeah. Well, I feel like he was better after the, the Jaguars, uh, to be honest with you. But most players are. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence was making players like Dan Arnold and James O'Shaughnessy serviceable last year. So what I think could be really attractive is either like a Mike Isecki or Dalton Schultz and still implement a two tight end set. Don't forget Peterson had that with the Eagles, with uh, Ertz and uh, who's the other guy? I'm, I forget. Oh, Dallas Goddard. Goddard so he, yeah. he's, not, he's no stranger to use, utilizing two tight ends. Uh, now, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, if you want to upgrade the linebacker uh, position, we talked about Devondre Campbell, who, uh, you know, I'm not going to spit out the stat, uh, the stats that uh, 
Dwayne was saying it before, but he did a little of everything last year. Uh, he can, you know, fortify that middle of that defense. And they have the money to also get, I think, who's the second uh, highest ranked free agent this offseason, J.C. Jackson. Go ahead. If, he, if, if New England, what you're hearing was true. New England hasn't talked to him yet. They don't really want to tag him yet. Because New England only has like $8 million in cap space. And also, in addition, I think they don't really have too many cuttable, uh, you know, ways to get out of contracts. We're not talking about the AFC East yet. I'm just saying, if we were talking about the AFC East, that's what I would say. <laughs> but why not go get J.C. Jackson, you know? Yeah. But they have the money to do anything they want. It's up to them to build success around Trevor Lawrence. Dwayne, you were going to say something before. I saw you put the hand up like you wanted to chime in I, on one of those points. I like Dan. Am I the only one that likes Dan Arnold? Like, no. Even when he played for the Panthers, I thought Dan Arnold was like. But he's your more traditional, I think. Tight end. Yeah, no, I agree. He's your more traditional tight end. But Gesicki can be that, um, you know, that up the seam tight end. Yeah. That can really spread the uh, spread the defense. What about uh, you didn't, what about Chark? Like, do they now, bring DJ Chark back? I don't. I don't think they will because of injury history uh, the last two years. Um, and I think they're going to look to upgrade. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I I don't think not, uh, not that far removed from thousand yard season. I, I I get it. I mean, I think they're going to try swing for the fences. Yeah. They should. I they don't need. think Devontae Adams is going to Jacksonville. No, no, they would no. have to. They would have to give him like I'm going to say 15 percent ownership in the team uh, in that contract for him to go to Jacksonville. Well, so, but but Dwayne, you make a great point, and so do you, Lou. Right? So like, I can picture Mike Williams chasing the bag though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm a big fan of DJ Chark. I am. I and I I've always been a big fan of his. I think he's got big play ability. But Jacksonville is in that envious spot to potentially go make a splash. What I have learned, though, is most teams that have the potential to go make a splash don't. And so, and and I think what Jacksonville has going against them maybe changes a little bit with Doug Peterson because he is very well known and has a, a um, you know, a, a, a great reputation amongst the league and, and players know uh, about these coaches. But Khan as an owner... Going to Jackson's muggy. It's awful weather, right? Like, it, it's it's not a huge market. Like, some people take this into consideration. So, while they have all this money, I I I think back to like last year when they spent all this money on like Marvin Jones and Griffin. and Sha- uh, Shaquille, right? Griffin and 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 those folks and like paid people that are not worthy of that dollar top market dollar to try to make a splash and i feel like that's what's going to happen like yeah they have the money to throw at Devonte, that's, that's but Devonte's not going to go you know what i mean like yeah you have the money mike williams is a player that i totally see 100%. taking the back totally because, see taking the back but you 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 have to when you're in the position that jacksonville is in you have to overpay to have get to. players to come there have to have to but doesn't mean that they will you know what i mean like it's they do have a couple things going for them like i said florida no state income tax also the allure of trevor lawrence and doug peterson so it's not like it was before i would say uh you know i think they're a little better now um than they were like two years ago pre trevor lawrence and doug peterson uh but 
you're right. You're gonna have to overpay. You're gonna have to overpay them. Yeah. To to bring them to you. You gotta you gotta find those selfish people. Well, that's not, I don't want to say the word selfish, but you gotta find those people that are, are just there for the money. Not just there for the money. That they want. It's their time to get paid, and they're tired of playing second fiddle. That's why we're saying Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Mike Williams. He's always been wide receiver two on the Chargers, never wide receiver one. It's time for him to get paid. This would be in his head. I can get paid and show that I'm the wide receiver one. It's a, mon- it's a money grab because he's not a wide receiver one in the NFL. He's not. Like, I don't care what anybody says, but, like, it's a it's an opportunity for him to get paid. But here's also the difference that people have to think about, right? What conference is Jackson? Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you I, go. I, 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 I got the perfect – I got the player we're describing. It it just randomly came to me. Then drop it. Juju Smith Schuster. Boom. Yeah. yeah. That's it. It's Juju you're- Smith Schuster. He's going to be in Jacksonville. Yeah. You're going to overpay for past production. That's literally what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know what? He's not even he I, I I like Juju because he plays so close to the line of scrimmage, right? And I'm big on wide receivers who play physical brand of football close to the line of scrimmage, especially for young quarterbacks. But I don't know if that's Trevor Lawrence's strength. Like, he wants to air that hoe out, you know? Like, Juju plays close to the line. But but you're right. Juju is the perfect description for this. Like, go get that bag. Go be number one. Um, he is the perfect uh, Promote fit. your TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, 100%, right? Like, what else you doing you don't, on, you don't on have game to worry day? About, you don't have to worry about, like, you know. But here's, here's where they're going to struggle. Right. So if you think of people that are approaching the pinnacle of their career, that could typically put a team over the top. Let's just say Devontae. Let's say Devontae wants nothing to do with going back to Green Bay. You're going to tell me Devontae Adams does not want to win a ring. He's been paid. He's made money. Like he wants, like people like him want to win and want to compete. What do, what conference do the, do the Jacksonville Jaguars play in? AFC South. No, conference. Oh, AFC. AFC. Yeah. Let's start talking about the Kings in the AFC teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, the uh, you know the Baltimore Ravens, up Bengals, up and coming teams like you know the Browns are going to be competitive, right? The um, the Chargers are going to be competitive. That AFC West, the Buffalo Bills, the, the New England Patriots, right? Like Jacksonville is still a far cry away from getting there so they're gonna have to go seek people that have five six years that want to be there and it just it's a this is why like to me for the jacksonville jaguars this is where people go to die this is where people go to get paid and i'm sorry to say that but like the days of mark brunel and fred taylor are are long gone they don't carry that defense anymore like they did with blake bortles was the quarterback and somehow we're competing in the AFC championship. Like those days are, are far, are still far away from them. They're not close. They're not close. Like the Bengals were close and, and making those strides. This is not the same team we're talking about. Weston, like a tradition of like no other on this. We're talking football podcast. Uh, my fifth week in a row, probably I'm going to quote a famous lyric to a song. Cash rules, everything around me. Cream, cream. Get the money, dollar, dollar bills. Y'all. Yeah. You pay, you pay, they'll play. So, yeah, you pay me, I play. But I'm just saying that's the difference between a Devontae Adams and a Mike Williams, right? They could pay any of them. They could yeah. pay any of them. But that's the difference. Yeah. Whisper. You know? I, I also want to whisper. Tony Pauline said the Chargers are interested in Adams if he's a free agent, by the way. 
Yeah, but he's going to get tagged, Ooh. and then you're going to give up two first-round picks for him. It's just the way it's going to go, you pitch dude. with that, though, Herbert to Adams? No, Ooh. I can't. No. With Keenan? Like, come on, man. Ooh. Like, Eckler? Stop it. I know. I know. Listen, you already know how I feel about Herbert. All right, let's get out of the dun- the dungeon that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I actually can't stand oh, that. that. They're not the dungeon of this division. Trust no, me. they're not. Wait. They're not. But Go ahead. It's like they have such this sex appeal but like no sex appeal at all, you know, is the way that like I look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. So let's talk about a real team in this conference. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts cap room, 35.8 million in cap space. That's actually seventh overall in the NFL. Pretty good for me. Top needs. They were in this exact position last year, right? They were like top two or three last year. Um, Quarterback. We'll talk about it. Offensive tackle. We'll talk about it. Wide receiver, we'll talk about it. it. (laughs) And defensive line, we'll definitely talk about it. They have 31 total free agents. I think Indy's in a very interesting spot. They are a talented team with a handful of important free agents, but like every team in the NFL, their success is going to hinder on the quarterback position. And therein lies the rub. They went all in on Wentz last season. They traded this what equates to this year's first last year's third for him and that didn't play out as expected on paper the indianapolis colts should be a playoff team but they weren't good news for them though for the second year row they have a ton of cap space and they can offer an interesting destination destination for potential free agents looking to head to a team to compete opposite of what i was just talking about with the jacksonville jaguars in the immediate future that's what they provide top free agents Number one for me is their right guard, uh, Mark Lewinsky. This needs to be a priority to try to retain most of their offensive line. The other free agent, left tackle Eric Fisher. I don't think they should bring Eric Fisher back, but you never like to go into an offseason losing your starting left tackle, former first uh, number one overall pick in an NFL draft. I do think they should let him walk. Another one for me, and I think people sleep on this man, is tight end Mo Alley-Cox. Another one who's just one of those ex-basketball players, uber athlete, but does some special things. He's a big man. Um, he can block pretty well, but he, he's kind of special when that ball is in his hand, can go up and make some rebound-type catches, uses his body well, etc. And then the other, the last one for me, I only got four in their priority free agents, is wide receiver uh, Zach Pascal. I think he does a little, a little bit of everything. Um, it's just kind of one of those feel-good guys that, teams rally around that fan bases rally around i think he's somebody that they should sniff bringing back cap casualties so they're actually in a great spot they have plenty of cap space with a couple opportunities to restructure that can free up even more cap space so i do actually believe this offseason they're in a position to add talent not subtract it which is an envious place to be in but if i had to to your point lou gun to my head think about some cuts that i would need to make the way I'm looking at it is really whose contract just lines up nice to be a, a cap casualty. First one that comes to mind is defensive tackle Grover Stewart, 8.2 million, 8.12 million in savings. I have in parentheses in my notes, won't happen. Don't think they'll do it. The other one is is uh, cornerback Kenny Moore, 6.75 million in savings. I also have in parentheses, won't happen. Yeah, was- but again, it's just the way that their contracts look on paper is somebody that could could fit that build. The one that I absolutely think will happen and I think should happen is tight end Jack Doyle. 5.45 million in savings. 
Um, I think this is a very likely cap casualty for them. The other one probably won't happen, should happen, but it's going to be quarterback Carson Wentz, 13.2 million in savings, 15 million in dead money. But here's the issue. Like I said before, they gave up a lot for him. So I think he's honestly here for one more year. I don't know, man. Did you hear what? Ballard yeah, was I heard Ballard, and I love Chris Ballard. How, like, how, yeah, how can him. you how can you bring Carson Wentz back where you're basically saying he, you know, he we made a mistake. He isn't the guy. Like, even if you get competition, how do you keep Carson Wentz? Who, by the way, there's some you know rumblings of you know you know locker room issues with him uh being a little diva you know out there in philly and what have you quarterback they're all divas bro Nah, that's not true (laughs) that's that's true go around the league they're all divas um let me so i'll I'll pose this back to you because i i agree and i've seen everything that they've come out and said and i'm telling you because of carson wentz they're going to be in the exact same position next year that they were this year right at the end of the season like i'm telling you but they have an opportunity here but the question that I'll pose back to you and Dwayne both is tell me where the upgrade is that they can feasibly make happen. Mind you, they don't have a first round pick this year. So where's the upgrade? Where's where? I, tell me where the upgrade I, is. I, I think I got it. I think I got I, it. Dwayne, you go first. I mean, I'm going to give you one that you're immediately going to, you're both going to go, you're going to both come back at me and be like, that's not an upgrade. I say it's – let me preface this with I think it's an upgrade because of fit. I think he fits as far as Jonathan Taylor doesn't turn the ball over. Like, Bridgewater seems like – Indianapolis seems like a really good place that Bridgewater could fit. He doesn't turn the ball over. Like, they don't have wide receivers that are going to burn you. And yeah. that – and so Bridgewater – dink and dunks the ball and if you're going to rely on jonathan taylor and then you can play action off of it little short passes bridgewater seems like he could fit there he does the opposite of what carson Wentz does he does not turn the ball over that was indy's problem i mean that's why all indianapolis had to do to make playoffs would beat jacksonville carson Wentz couldn't do that Mm because he couldn't stop turning the ball over like, they have they haven't been able to beat Jacksonville in a, so, in a while, no? Yeah, and that's true. I think it was seven in a row. Uh, I'm gonna see your Bridgewater, and that's a conservative outlook. And knee jerk reaction, I'm like, ah, I'm gonna throw around Mitchell Trubisky. He's gonna be the the, the name that everyone's throwing. No, 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 no. That's not who I'm saying. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think this. I think this gentleman is trying to go for a record here on the most teams played on. <laughs> well, I'm talking about Fitz Magic. Just air that out. You know, screw it, bombs away. Why not? Why so not? I was gonna, I was gonna bring up Fitzpatrick when Weston was talking about Tampa Bay. Oh, a reunite, another re, another reuniting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's played on every goddamn him and Josh not McNown. The, I I have, the count have played on every played team in the NFL. Played, <laughs> played for the he hasn't Colts. Played for Indianapolis, yeah. Put him on the Colts. Done. Put him on. Listen, that beard alone is worth whatever he wants to be to Think be about paid. Him, him and Ursay like partying together. I know. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another one out there. It, Jimmy G seems like he'd be a good fit in Indy. It was a, so, but it won't happen. Let me tell you why. They already got burned, but a similar situation. Yeah, exactly. There's no way it's gonna. Happen there's again. too much. There's too much similarity between Wentz and Jimmy G yeah. that they won't. They Injuries. Won't make that. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll give you Bridgewater. I I. I totally understand the uh, the lore of uh, Fitzpatrick, but like, you know, 
high risk, high reward type type player as well. But on paper, there there's n- like in Indy's world, and we think about Chris Ballard's mentality. He wants one of the top three, right? Like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Um, who else am I leaving off this list? Uh, Watson, Watson. Watson will never. No. I think w- Wilson's a possible, but Wilson would have to. Tr- but uh, they still don't have what is re- what these teams are going to require to give up. And it's just one of those things where, like, you're splitting hairs between Teddy Bridgewater, Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mitchell Trubisky, Marcus Mariota. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's like they're all too close to compare. I think I think they made their bed, and I think they got to sleep in it for one more year. And, you know, they can look to Wentz and restructure with his $28.2 million cap hit, but it's going to be really hard to move on from him. I just, I just, it's going to be hard to move on from him, but they can also restructure Defoe, you know, who's at 16 million, Braden Smith, 11 and a half million, Darius Leonard, 11.1 million. So there's ways to find even more money to go get potentially more weaponry for Carson outside of just Jonathan Taylor. Like this passing game was lackluster, but outside of Michael Pittman, tell me like a wide receiver that actually produced for them. You know what I mean? Like it, Over the last, they're like, not what? there. Like, yeah. They haven't had receivers. They haven't, you know, like T Y Hilton's gone, right? Like, sorry, like that's over. Um, and he hasn't been T Y Hilton for the, the last few years, unless they play the Houston Texans, Lou, which you always remind me because he's good for 202, two tutties in those games. So, Target free agents. They, too, have the cap room to do whatever they want. Like, they have that cap space to go do whatever it is, and we know the cap ain't real anyway. So if you're playing with whatever I said it was, $35 million, you might as well be playing with $70 million. So I start with – I had mentioned the QBs, right? So we, we just talked about that at great length. Another fit for them, I think they need some help on defense at safety, uh, Kareem Jackson. I can see this being like just like a low-key, sneaky move for them, um, former – uh, Denver Bronco, they have health concerns at safety with Julian Blackman and Kyrie, Will- uh, uh, Kyrie Willis. They both th- did not finish a, a season, uh, finish last season for sure. So could be a little sneaky addition. Left tackle, as I talked about, moving on from Eric Fisher. Um, I think this team wants to get back to having one of the most do- dominant offensive lines in the league, especially with a running back like Jonathan Taylor um, behind them. I expect them to be huge players for the names of everything, everyone we just talked about, Teron Armstead, Orlando Brown, Dwayne Brown, whoever it is, they're going after big names. Like, there's no reason to, reason not to. You're smiling, Dwayne. You you have an antidote for that? No, I think I think Lou just I, – I just texted Lou uh, a name I forgot about uh, for their quarterback in, in Indianapolis. Say it. We're, we're on them still. So there's a, uh, there's a quarterback that uh, – could probably be uh, obtained for relatively PJ Walker, cheap, relatively cheap. That uh, played pretty well for Frank Reich, like uh, won a Super Bowl. Big. Nick Foles, B D N, B D N. It would just be the most perfect thing. It would just be like Carson Wentz's head would explode. I know. Nick Foles walking. <laughs> I say this jokingly, and I never mean to ever make a joke related to this, but that would make Carson Wentz fall into, like, straight-up depression, right? Like, there would be mental health that would stem from that. So, I honestly believe, and I've I've had this conversation on my podcast, Nick Foles ruined Carson Wentz's career. 100%. 
I, I very much believe that. I believe that Carson Wentz has never been able to overcome the fact, in his mind, he has not been able to overcome the fact that Nick Foles won that Super Bowl. Won that Super Bowl in a year where, let's call it what it was, until Carson Wentz Carson got Wentz injured, was he was MVP he consideration. Was MVP. You know and, what and I mean? He's, st- he's just never recovered from it. Yep. Hey, you got a ring while he was on crutches, you know, but like – I get it. As a quarterback, like that was your team. You did all of the heavy lifting, right? And then a backup. What Lou? What do I always say about backup quarterbacks? They always play the best because they got nothing to lose. They got literally nothing to lose, and they just came Second out and did it. Like what? Second yeah. most important player on your team. Yep. He's also the favorite. The favorite player of all fans is the backup quarterback because <laughs> they all want him to come in and play. I remember the the when Dave Brown was the quarterback of the New York Giants. So Dwayne, my family, like my, actually my brother and I, we are season ticket holders for the New York Giants. We inherited them from my grandfather. My brother's a diehard Giants fan. So I've been going to Giants game forever. And when Dwayne Brown was the backup, people on the team, on the, in the stadium spent more time cheering for Danny Cannell to come into the game than they did actually cheering for their team to like oh. win the football game. Oh, I know. I, I get it. I remember, uh, I mean, in the highlight. And this is just Falcons fans in general just can't agree on quarterbacks. And we've gone off the rails. And this is my fault. I should have never texted. <laughs> we do it anyway if you weren't here, trust me. <laughs> so this is Falcons quarterbacks. It's always just 50-50. Falcon, do you talk about backup quarterbacks? Falcons fans loved Matt Schaub. Oh, yeah. Both as the backup quarterback for Michael Vick and as the backup quarterback for Matt Ryan. Yo, l- listen. Kyle Shanahan made Matt Schaub look like an MVP candidate. So we we knew Schaub could play. I if if I'm not allowed to talk about Jim Tom Sula, you are okay. Not I'm not allowed to talk about, about Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's still an open wound. I totally get it. I have a couple of those from him as well. All right. So I talked about left tackle. I'll I'll speed right through this and we'll jump in. Wide receiver, they need to get somebody opposite of Pittman. I'm thinking again, they have the money. Like they can lure Godwin. They can play with Mike Williams. They can go after Michael Gallup. I think Christian Kirk is an interesting fit because Pittman is that true like possession wide receiver, right? So who's going to take the top off of defense? I think Christian Kirk is the more um, probably ideal candidate, maybe a Michael Gallup here. I mentioned tight end. I think they got to move on from Jack, um, Jack Doyle. But with the money they have, I mean, Lou, you mentioned this person before. Dalton Schultz feels like an ideal fit in this offense. Mm. Like I feel like he does everything that Jack Doyle would has done in the past and probably can do it better at this point in his career. Maybe even an aging uh, Zach Ertz makes sense. And then edge for them. Um, hearing rumors that Chandler Jones will not be back in Arizona, which is interesting. I think you put Jones in this defense just adds another element. So you got Buckner, Jones, uh, Darius Leonard, like that's formidable and that's pretty scary on an already good um, defense. I know Jones might not be the best scheme fit um, in, in Indianapolis, but he's just so athletic and so good. Like you've just find a way to make it fit if you get that kind of player and, and you scheme it up. But that's it, man. I think, again, I, I think Indy is absolutely in the position to add and subtract, but you heard it here first. They're going to be in the exact same position that they were last year because of the quarterback. Yeah, I don't know where they go from here. To be honest, I don't. With you. I don't they should, if they're going to if they're, they're, they're keep if they're they're keep Wentz, it. they should just they should just not uh, divulge uh, some of the things they said uh, to the media. But what are you going to say? What are you going to do? It's similar to the Panthers with Darnold. You're you're just stuck with them. Like yeah. 
It is what it is. So let's get into everybody's right, most so, so, exciting so topic. So perhaps what you were all waiting for right now, the Houston Texans, the uh, running back, y'all <laughs> running back you over here. Okay. So uh, Houston Texans have a cap space of 15 and a half million dollars. It ranks them literally middle of the road in the NFL ranked 16th in the league with that much space. Their top needs pretty much <clears throat> wide receiver interior offensive lineman, tight end and their entire defense. So I look at their defense, and if they're not good, then they're a free agent, basically. They have seven stars on the, uh, that are eligible for free agency on the defensive side of the ball this year. Seven out of 11. So that's pretty uh, telling. Priority free agents. There's a reason why I'm a silent. I mean, I really wouldn't say there's any priority free agents on the Houston Texans. But if you once again, uh, that gun's getting taken out and put into my head. Jacob Martin, Justin Reed. Desmond King, uh, Justin Britt, the center. Uh, it's just no one there that you, you, you find yourself they have to bring back this individual. It's just it's just something that I, I personally think that they can they need to bring in new fresh blood, almost like a reset with this roster. Speaking of reset with the roster, in order to bring new blood, you have to get rid of all you know you know you know old players here. So possible cap casualties. I have Eric Murray, uh, cap saving five point four million dollars, only a one point five million dead money hit. Marcus Cannon, five point two million dollar cap savings. Kevin Pierre Lewis, three point one million dollar cap savings. Terrence Mitchell, Mitchell, uh, three point one uh, million dollar cap savings. Any of these names, by the way, you're like oh no, you can't you can't get rid of them, right? These are just like <laughs> these are the guys you would sign and Madden off of free agency just because you got that alert that, Hey, you don't have the minimum amount of roster spots for the cornerback position or, or the linebacker position. Um, <clears throat> but here's some intriguing ones. I'm going to, th- these could be controversial and here's some intriguing ones. Brandon cooks. If he's cut or traded post June 1st, they can save $13 million and only have a two $2.5 million dead money hit. Let's not forget about Laramie Tunsil. They can cut or trade post June first, and they can save seventeen million dollars. It would be a high price dead money hit of eight point three. Uh, trading would probably be their best bet uh, because pretty much uh, they get some assets for him and save cap space. And I mean, if you use if you use the Laramie Tunsil trade as the foundation for what a Laramie Tunsil trade would look like. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't see, uh, it's Bill not, O'Brien's it's, not on NFL Ross on the NFL team. Right. So I don't really see that happening. Yeah. But I mean, teams will trade for a left, for a left, left tackle. tackle, no doubt. And I think teams would trade for Brandon cooks. I, I think not, a team that I, I think a teams, would but trade do you really want to trade? Do you really want to trade away a player with your young quarterback in Davis, uh, Davis Mills? So he showed some promise last year, and do you really want to take away as opposed to his answer? his only offensive weapon? I mean, Brandon Cooks is, might be one of the most underrated players in the NFL, and, and he's like twenty five still, twenty six, right? Like he's how, silly. How dare you? They have David Johnson. Okay. <laughs> no, they don't. He's a free. He's a free agent, by the way. Never mind. They have Rex Burkhead. How dare you? <laughs> he 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 also was arrested with Ian Thomas in <laughs> the dirt biking incident. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to uh, the perhaps the elephant in the room. We're all here, you know, Deshaun Watson. 
cut or trade it post June first, it can save thirty five million dollars by trading him. Cap savings. Uh, dead money hit only five point four million dollars. If I'm Houston, and I'm not, like I, I would never put myself in the situation, but if I was Houston, I'm trading him and Laramie Tunsil away. You're saving pretty much $52 million in cap space, and you're getting a significant amount of assets to rebuild this team because looking at this roster, it's a bunch of who's, huh's, what's. So that is what I'm currently doing is trying to get the most bang for my buck and restarting this regime uh, and see what you, you, young, uh, you know, your signal caller and Davis Mills has. Uh, their free agent targets, they're going to be limited because from a cash standpoint and a reputation standpoint, it's going to be hard to attract those top tier, I think, free agents uh, to Houston. I would look for them to focus more on uh, their energy on tier two, tier uh, three type of players. Maybe make one splash signing just to like uh, show faith to the Houston faithful uh, there that, hey, we're trying. And uh, one of the splash signs I can honestly see them make is center Ryan Jensen. Listen, he won a Super Bowl ring with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, we just already alluded to the fact that they're in turmoil. He just might want to cash in on a big payday. As for Houston, I think this would be a perfect copy my neighbor's homework type stuff of what the LA Chargers did when they went out and got Pro Bowl center Corey Lindsley for their young signal caller and Justin Herbert. So get someone who's experienced and ridiculously good as the center position Help groom your young quarterback and protect them. That's their big splash I can see them making. Now, <clears throat> if they want to fortify the, the offensive line, uh, they do have Titus Howard. I think they're high in him. He could replace Larry Tunsil if they trade him away. But look for them to kick the tires on Andrew Norwell. We discussed him with the Jacksonville Jaguars. How about Trent Brown? Uh, Texans GM Nick Casario is familiar with Trent Brown because Casario and Brown were both with the New England Patriots. And that's where he was. Uh, Sarah was there when he was drafted. We keep on saying this individual's name. He's going to be a very popular name because he can, you know, he can block. Uh, he, and, he, and he's uh, uh, and he plays a position where to help young uh, signal callers. Dalton Schultz uh, would be a, a really good get for Houston. Dalton wouldn't have to leave the state of Texas. Stays still stays in the state of Texas, and still, uh, you know, cashes in on a bigger deal. Also at the wide receiver position, look for a Michael Gallup, maybe a DJ Chark. You know, try to take it away from a division by division rival, or Cordell Patterson. I personally think I'm not a big Cordell Patterson fan. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dwayne. I'm not trying to throw shade. I felt like the last five six weeks of that season, he kind of uh, faded. Uh, I just think it it just. He just showed in my head. In my head, he's limited in that regard. So in my head, I think he's looking for perhaps next the biggest paycheck for for him in his career. Um, so, but that is an opportunity. He's looking for playing time and money, and that's something that uh, the Texans could provide. And I think that's a good opportunity for him. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, they need to fortify the middle of that interior defensive line. Players like DJ Jones, we talked about. Players like B.J. Hill, these guys are not going to break the bank, but they're going to provide you valuable snaps, and they're not going to be told pushovers. Once again, on the, on the while we look at the second level, the linebacker position, Dante Hightower, Nick Casario coming from that New England tree has familiarity with Dante Hightower. Look for that. Maybe a Kazir White. Uh, I don't think Kazir White is going to sign with the Chargers, and he's going to be looking for, once again, starting playing time and money. And this would be a good opportunity for him. And last but not least, at the cornerback position, how about Rasul Douglas? Rasul Douglas did a great job reinventing himself 
uh, last year and uh, uh, creating a lot of interceptions for the Green Bay Packers. I feel like this could be a good opportunity for him to once again ensure he's a starting cornerback uh, after his stint with Green Bay. And that's my uh, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, <laughs> I think again, Houston's one of those teams that's just in that spot where like nothing they do this year is going to change the tide. So it's probably more likely that they stand pat and fill out their roster more so than go make. Uh, sexy splashes, save a little bit of cap money, parlay it into the the following year, get some youth about them. Um, but I think if they are in the market, they're in the market for like, how do we unload Watson? How do we maybe unload somebody like Tunsil? Um, what can we recruit for those players prior to to the draft and kind of just like replenish? You know, yeah. I, I just think, don't. I think I think Houston's in a, in a similar boat. To, to Jacksonville, you got you got to give if, if David Mills is your guy and that's the guy you believe in, then you got to give him some weapons. And I think kind of what Lou said, going and getting wide receivers that you might pay a little extra money to um, to come to your to come play for you that you can also take away from division rivals. I think if they I think they could go after Pascal and Shark, yep. pair him with Brandon Cooks. That's a legit wide receiver. Is it top echelon like? Tampa no. Bay's last year, no, but it'll help David Mills versus like Brandon Cooks and this water bottle that he was throwing to last year. <laughs> I mean, Dave, I poor Davis Mills, man. He he did what he. I mean, he beat some teams. You know, they won some games. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, I thought their, so better, I thought so their coach. I thought their coach last year should have won coach of the year that they won four games. Dwayne, I think you and I talked about this. We talked about it. <laughs> David Cully should not have been fired. No, David still should Cully. have been Urban Meyer coach of the year, by the way. <laughs> what, what he was pulling in uh, at those bars, man. I mean, at his age, <laughs> oh, I give him a lot of respect. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to my life here, Dwayne, on, on this podcast. All right. It. So we've gone for almost two hours. So I'm going to move through Tennessee pretty quick. Um, and, call tonight because i think my wife's stampeding up above me like when is this asshole coming to bed um mine's asleep (laughs) you're a fortunate man Dwayne. you're a fortunate man (laughs) uh so tennessee titans well that'll wrap us up in the the afc south cap room 8.3 million 27th overall um they're in a little bit of trouble with cap space but the good news for them most of their like impact players are actually under contract so um Again, one of those teams that can probably just kind of, if they can mirror what they had last year from a, a roster perspective, they they could be all right because this team finished as the number one seed in the AFC in 2021. Um, like I said, their goal should just be to to maintain and add some. If we were talking about the draft, we'd say add some assets via the draft um, on the cheap. I don't I don't expect them to be super super active in free agency unless a few things take place. So their top needs. I'm going to say offensive line because there is a true potential here that four of their five starters could be gone. Um, so Lawan, Saffold, Jones, and, and Quisenberry, and I'll talk about it. QB, I can talk about this for, I don't know, 26 of the 32 NFL teams that probably need um, quarterbacks, but they won't do anything about it. But to me, it's still an area of need. Wide receiver. Uh, uh, you, excuse me. What would you say? Rodgers bought a house in Tennessee. Huh? Qu- quarterback quarterback so the guy who led them as number one afc seed you're thinking yeah. and he didn't have aj brown Derek Derek henry or julio jones 
Yeah. And, and they still oh, – okay, yeah. okay. Lou, are wins a quarterback stat? Ex-Giants fans, yeah. I, you know, I don't subscribe <laughs> to that. I mean, shit, my starting quarterback had a lot of wins when he was healthy, right? But not a quarterback stat. Um, they influence. They don't dictate. So wide receiver, tight end, and corner, corner back is are some other areas potentially of need. So top free agents. Um, I don't think any teams like. Oh, excuse me. I said before that eight point three million. They're negative eight point three million in cap space. I don't think any teams like to enter free agency with negative cap space. So there's going to be some, I think, some potential cuts for the Titans. That's going to free up some space. Um, but their top free agents right now, center Ben Jones. I talked about earlier how he's playing some of his best football right now, um, and, and and could be one of four that that disappears. To me, linebacker uh, Jayon Brown. I, Lou, you, I've gushed about him on this show before. Mm-hmm. I love this kid. I just think they have to find a way to keep him. Uh, Edge Harold Landry. I mean, this man is 25 years old and he's coming off a 12 sack season. How the uh, hell they're going to resign him? I have no it just, idea. It's going to be impossible. Well, I'm talking about some some avenues here that make it a reality, but that Bud Dupree contract really does not help things on the opposite Probably side. Probably Tannen Hill too. Restructure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's. I'm going to talk about some some obvious restructures, and I think some cap casualties. I think Donta Foreman is actually should be a priority, and I know that's crazy to hear when you talk about like, hey, this team has Derrick Henry, but you know, when a running back finally gets nicked, you never know if that's the one that's going to cause the down. As Todd Gurley, if that's the one that's going to cause the downhill spiral, and there's a lot of wear and tear on King Henry, a lot of of mileage, and and Donta Foreman was serviceable last year and he's not going to cost you a ton of money and i don't think that i think they have one other running back on the roster so they got to look and somebody who's got familiarity with the offense had some high production in the offense i think you gotta you gotta scratch the surface on what it's going to look like to bring them back the one for me is a an iffy but linebacker uh rashawn evans with him and brown as free agents you just start looking real thin um in the middle of that defense and and, and in that front seven so cap casualties they're gonna have to find ways to get cute and there might be some I listed five names. There's probably two to three more that could be that would add up to like another four or five million in savings. But these are the big names. Left tackle, Taylor Lewan, 12.9 million. Desperate times call for desperate measures, my friends. Like, don't know. You structure him, though. I, I, I'm i a big uh, Lewan fan. I don't know why. I, 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 was I am Luan. not. I am not. Um, I think he's just a physical guy. I don't really think he's as, as as good as the contract warrants, in my opinion. Another one for me, wide receiver, Julio Jones, nine and a half million post June one. Injuries, man. Injuries have been the the tail of the tape over the last few seasons for him. Um, and that contract does not match production and availability. Might be time. Roger Sa- left guard Roger Saffold, ten point four million. Saying the same thing about Taylor Lewan. And and I am not by any means the first one to mention these things, right? Like th- this, I am taking some of this information from Tennessee beat writers talking about that these are realistic things that they are considering because of their cap situation right now and cutting these individuals. The one that I will talk about, but I absolutely would not do is linebacker Zach Cunningham at 10.4 million. I, I, I'd i restructure this. I, I don't think I could cut 
Zach Cunningham, you know. So, from, from... so you would restructure an off the ball linebacker. Hell yeah. But, but not, but not, I'm not saying premier left tackle. No, 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 no. I'm not saying. I'm just saying that the way that Taylor Lewan, again, Taylor Lewan, Roger Saffold, the way that they are, their contracts are constructed is it's easy math, man. It's, it's easy math, right? Like, and this is how you bring them to the table to renegotiate. It's like, I'm going to have to cut you. What do you want to do? You know, like that, those, those sort of things. And then the other one, it to me is an obvious, it's a foregone conclusion is cornerback Janoris Jenkins at 6.9 million. Um, I think he's gone. They hope Caleb Farley recovers from that injury. He's able to step right up. They drafted Christian Fulton last year. Um, I think they're feeling confident in what they got. Restructures. Tannehill. He's got a 38.6 million cap hit. Unacceptable. Cannot go into the season. Highly with, underpaid. Highly underpaid. Yeah, with that quarterback, like you can't do it. Can't do it. Bud Dupree, 19.2 million. Kevin Byer, 15.8. Derrick Henry, 14.6. These are the conversations you got to start having. When you tally all this up, the moves that they'll probably be able to make, they go from negative 8 million to like 65, 70 million dollars in cap. Like it's a drastic swing. Um, when they're they're able to do these things. So I know those moves feel unpopular. Um, I mentioned I'm not the first to actually sound those out in terms of the Taylor Lewan and, and Roger Saffold. But target free agents, in terms of the O-line, I think this would be the first that they'll need to address. And I expect them to heavily investigate bringing back their center and Quisenberry. But the left side of the line is going to be depleted. So names like Dwayne Brown, Orlando Brown Jr. make a lot of sense at tackle, at guard, Lincoln Tomlinson, Connor Williams, Austin Corbett. Corbett. Like if you're freeing up that cap and all of a sudden you're a player, there's an opportunity to potentially upgrade over those names that you might have um, released. Wide receiver, if we were talking about the draft, I would mention this. I honestly expect them to use that late first round pick to address this particular position. There's a couple of interesting wide receivers at the bottom half of the of the first round that I think they'll be in play with. But a name for me to keep an eye on is Allen Robinson. Giving them that more quote unquote kind of like possession wide receiver could be big on those third and seven, third and eights for them, help them move the chains. Um, I, I just think that he's somebody who kind of fits the build of what they're probably looking for. I mentioned cornerback uh, with, with Farley and Fulton there. So they seem like they feel pretty set on the perimeter, but I'd be looking for them to add somebody in the slot, somebody like a DJ Reed out of Seattle, maybe even a Kwan, uh, Kwan Williams out of San Francisco. But to me, Reed feels like the better fit because he can play in the slot and he can play outside. So if it's Farley or Fulton, and one of them is not up to snuff, you can easily slide this guy outside. And he had some, he's had a, two consecutive good seasons in Seattle. I hated when San Francisco let him go um, that early. And then last for me, tight end. They bring Fisker, Fisker back. I, I just think that's the reality. Um, but I think somebody like Mo Ali Cox would make a lot of sense in this offense. Maybe even a Max Williams who's coming off an ACL tear, who's a, a strong blocker and a, and a decent pass catcher. I think he makes a lot of sense in this offense um, to protect Tannehill as well. So, Again, I think when push comes to shove, I think they're going to be more aggressive in signing their own free agents um, than they are in being an active player in the free agent market. Uh, but they're going to have to get creative with that cap because right now they sit $8 million under uh, over the cap. So they're going to have to be creative. I'd be think, nervous if the cap was real, you know. Be yeah, crazy. me too. <laughs> I think a name to watch for for Tennessee um, at a position of need that you were talking about uh, tight end. Uh, I think Tennessee could be the team that Gronkowski goes to. He's got that relationship with Vrabel. 
Um, mm. He's not a bad run block. He's, he's actually a pretty solid run blocker even last year. Um, the fear that you have with Gronkowski is you do have injury concerns with both your wide receivers. So do you also want an injury concern with your tight end? But um, I think that's an offense that he could fit in um, very well in. Because if you if, if all those guys are healthy, Tannehill has no excuse why he can't successfully push the ball down the field. But that's a big if. I mean, it's yeah. a huge if. Yeah, that's actually a good point. And also from like a – I feel like Gronkowski, I mean, that would be a hell of a locker room. How fun would that locker room be with all those – you got Luan, you got uh, Rabel, you got Gronk. I mean, that would be a fun-ass lo- locker room there with a bunch of wild guys. Yeah. I'd go. I go. If, I think if Gronk comes back, he's gonna he's gonna want to go to a team that is set up to win and be successful. Buffalo, and Buffalo wants him. That team. I know Buffalo wants him too, but I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't, I, don't the, I don't see the fit in Buffalo as much, as well as I do in, in Tennessee. Yeah, because where does that leave Dawson Knox then? Yeah, right? who's playing well? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't right. think you you want to take target share away from him. I I kind of agree with that notion, Dwayne. That Gronk yeah, feels agree. like a natural fit here in Tennessee. I personally just think Gronk's hanging it up. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I just don't know what else he's got to prove. I think his boy just hung it up, who kind of convinced him to come out of retirement and come play. But I think in terms of being an immediate competitor, an immediate fit in the offense and an immediate impact, like all, all signs point to playing in Nashville, which is also like a sick city that Gronk would tear up and have so much fun in anyway, which is, we know he's all about. So. All right. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, you know, but sense don't always make dollars. Right. So we'll see, we'll see how things shake out over the next coming weeks. Uh, But been a lot of fun, fellas. We ran about two hours and, and ten minutes. Uh, a lot Ooh, normal Jesus. than we, a lot longer than we normally do. But I enjoyed Not every fun. second of it. No, dude, Dwayne, please. <laughs> we would have done it anyway. Um, but Dwayne, we we certainly appreciate you um, tagging along with us this evening. Give you a moment here. Go ahead, plug the podcast, um, and let let everybody know where they can find you. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, my podcast is the Sports School Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Sports School Pod. Um, if you just want to find me specifically on Twitter, it's at ATLFan underscore NNC, um, which is a hard life. It is hard to be a Falcons fan living in North Carolina, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. It's hard Dwayne, to be a also, fan in general. Dwayne, also tell them like, what you cover on your on your show because it's not just football. Oh, yeah, no. So I cover all on my, on my podcast. I cover all sports. So in real life, I'm a teacher. Um, and so I, I tried to bring a podcast or create a podcast that combines both what I do for real, um, with what I enjoy doing, which is talking sports. So I talk all kinds of sports. I look at, uh, stories from that week. I give them grades. So I start with a, go all the way through F I teach a lesson. Um, my last episode's lesson was on why you should actually pay attention to the USFL and, and players to watch out for coming in out of that league that you could see on NFL rosters mm-hmm. next year. Um, and, uh, I, I know, uh, everybody likes the detention segment. Like I hand out detention just to someone who just is, does something absolutely stupid that I just want to take a moment to talk about that. Lou, Lou is permanently in detention in this podcast. Oh, I'm like so VIP. I clear. got, yeah, I got like first yeah. rows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's done wrote it. He's etched his name into the desk. In yeah. The room. yeah. Yeah. He's um, that guy. 
but yeah, I talk I talk all sports. Uh, my last episode, I, I talked college baseball. I mean, I I talked a whole bunch of things. So yeah, all guys, he's, not just football. He's a great listen. He's been kind enough to to invite us on and, and talk about some some very specific topics that align with our team. So uh, this is not going to be the last time you hear his voice or see his face on, on this podcast. We want to bring Dwayne back as frequently as we can. Uh, we appreciate you again carving some some time out of your evening for us on a on a school night, Coach Dwayne. Uh, but Lou, like you always do, tell everybody where they can find us, and we'll we'll wrap up and get out of here. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WTF Pod NFL and Weston. Let's make this goal to 500 subscribe YouTube subscribers. Tell them where they can find us on YouTube. You can find us at, at We're Talking Football. It's nice and simple. I'll reiterate. I promise, Lou, if we got to 500 YouTube subscribers, I would take him out to a super expensive steak dinner, and he will hold me. And I'm hungry. That. I mean, I'm I'm feeling like I might even fly Dwayne up here for that dinner at this point hey. if we can get to that point. Let's um, do it. Medium rare. Medium rare. Hey, that's, medium my, rare. that's my next that's my next step is to, to get my podcast on YouTube. So yeah. hey, we're happy to help you. Uh, we had a Subscribe stumble. to these guys and then yeah. I'll uh I'll I'll if they get to five hundred, I'll expedite my my process. Yeah, there you go. Hit the hit the like, hit the subscribe, sign up for the notifications. Fellas, been a pleasure. Uh, looking forward yeah. to doing it again. And everybody have a wonderful evening. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. No worries.